Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Nope. Nope. I want him. Ooh, I like him. Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. It's like a loot machine. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yep. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban Nerd Con Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at mybcsn1 the number 1 on facebook 
Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Nope. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Brian Fulford. That's AD Drew, and it's uh, we are we are happy to be with you live from our from our home studios. Drew with the elaborate background, me with just a plain wall. Drew, how you doing today? Tonight, right? wait a minute, hold, hold up. Have you seen? Check out the new. And you got a uh, colorful gear. jersey, colorful gear. See where where did you get yeah. that from? Man, I was at the BX Swag Challenge, man. You know how many vendors was oh. out there? Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. selling Maybe. licensed merch. Yeah, I, I made sure I asked the boy. I was like, <laughs> I need to see the, I need to see the uh, sticker or something, the TM or something right. on there that is uh, that right. is officially right. licensed and everything. The only problem that I had, and I didn't really get a chance to go into the vendor area, is you had twenty people selling the same product. So uh, <laughs> sometimes things got a little cutthroat over there doing uh doing everything, you know. So you know, uh, speaking they, of they, speaking of merch, I, I let me ask you this. Are you look, how 
how and I know you know we have our schools that we that we uh, uh, graduated from, fam, and you Tuskegee as well. Um, right. How into wearing other schools' gear are you? And, and I ask you from the standpoint of I'm an educator, and I, you know I I continue to want to wear HBCU gear on Fridays, which is our dress down day. But I struggle back and forth. Okay, do I wear just fam gear on Friday or do I sometimes rep other schools? Because I want the kids, because uh, we, we've got a mix of 30-30-30 at our school. So that, that that's a largely predominant minority group of kids then. Uh, so I want them to see and know of other HBCUs. And I, and I am that one visible person that uh, first off, because of my skin color and my gender, that when I walk around campus, you know, the kids know me, even the little kids, I don't even know, you know, hug me and, and say, so, I mean, just what, you know, advise me, you know, what, what do you think? What do you think? Should I, should I start repping more gear on Friday or stick to the fan you gear? Yeah, I like I wear I wear swag gear sometimes. I wear okay. me gear. Uh, I've got to have some type of emotional tie to the school. Like if it's a kid that I coached who's at an HBCU or a kid that okay. I taught who's at an HBCU, I, you know, I have no problem where that cause then when somebody asks me, why do you have on things as uh, Alabama A&M? Well, Right, you know, right. I got I got five kids that I either taught or coached at an Alabama A and M or at an Albany State right. or something like that. So for me, right. Right. I need I need a direct tie. But also for us in what we do, you know, schools that we have partnerships with would be high up on my list also. So okay. those would be okay. my two. That would be those would be the two things that I would do. You know, if if I'm if I'm I need some type of relationship to put them high up on the list. Okay. So then let me put, okay, I like that. So then let me put this out there, put this into the etherverse and maybe it'll come true. So I've got my parents who are Norfolk state graduates. Uh, you, you know, get away so with that, that one. That, I get away with that. My sister is a Tennessee state graduate. Once again, I, you know, okay, good, good. Uh, let's see. I've got cousins that went to Hampton. Uh, probably, I think, when did they turn from institute to university? In the 80s sometime. Okay, sometime so it's probably 80s. university, but it might have been close to when they were institute. So I got a couple of cousins there, right? Uh, let's see, what else? I've got cousins that went to North Carolina A&T, and he also then later went to Tuskegee. So, uh, you know, there, there, there's that. And, and then... Look, obviously, what we have our partnerships with with Stillman, Payne. Uh, we've done stuff with Florida Memorial. We've done stuff with Edward Water. So I would rep all of those. So what I'm saying is, anybody out there that that would like to help me so that I can wear more gear on Fridays for my kids and represent HBCU landscape, the diaspora, as, as Doc likes to call it, let me know. Looking for some good three X gear. You know, if it's a tight 3X, then I go 4X. You know, you can see these broad shoulders right here, right? But there's a, there's a little something else. The, little, bro, little the broad shoulders. In the middle. The broad, it's just the broad shoulders. <laughs> right. But anyway, so, yeah. No, you can help no me. guts. I, I, no guts allowed. 
Well, look, hey, uh, you know, we're trying to get rid of it. We're hats. trying. We're working. I, hats and visors, too. You know, I'll rep hats and visors. So, uh, I'm not you a guys, visor up on, I can rock a visor. I look pretty good in a visor I, when I got a hat. See, a visor does me no good, Mariah, because I still get sunburned right about here. See, there you go. There you go. You can hit me up on Twitter at DRB365. And uh, you know, just just let me know if you if you can uh, help the help the merch. You see what Tampa you know? T says? I never yeah, wear anyone else. I, I wear Fabu regardless, and I work at a university. Tamra, see, if I, you get it a check from that place, they need to be high on <laughs> the list. Ma- ma- I feel you, fact, I feel you on spe- that. Spe- I feel you on that. Speaking of that, when I worked at Tuskegee University, I would right. never wear Fabu on campus i would uh, wear yeah, fam I, you know gear in the street i would never wear fam you gear on campus or when i was doing exactly. something tied to tuskegee university i agree i agree with you on that because you know that's sort of i look at it as, yeah it's kind of disrespectful you're walking around you're an employee of the university uh you you gotta sort of you gotta I know what my bread you know, is buttered so. Exactly. You want that thing? Who is yeah. that Rattler? Oh, he's going into yeah. the administration now, office. So, I, I, I have something, fam. You on the on the wall in the office or something like that? Sure, or, sure, sure. You know, something like that line, but not. I, 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 I can't wear it. You know, unless those who are playing each other. And even if the one, the two times that fam, you and Tuskegee actually competed against each other when I was at the event. While I was working at Tuskegee, uh, let's see. Well, one time I was coaching against uh, FAMU, so obviously I couldn't wear anything FAMU. The only good thing right. is we was sure. at, we was in Tallahassee. Matter of fact, we opened up the Lawson Center in in Tallahassee, yeah. first ever basketball game in the Lawson Center. I remember so, that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I will say, so, with all uh, of that, that said, there is one FAMU. school, there is one HBCU I will never wear. You know what that is, though. So I gotta keep that real. I'm keeping that 100. Yes, sir. And I'm glad you put that. Uh, Hold on. If you see me rocking Bethune gear, it's because I lost a bet. All respect, T. Dos. (laughs) I lost a bet. I know T. Dos might be in the chat room. He might have tuned in. But if I lost a bet, that'd be the only reason you see me rocking uh, some Bethune gear. Just know they just say, B. What what bet did you lose, and how big was it? Or or Bethune or Bethune give me a check if we if we're on campus doing a game time show, then I then I I might throw some Bethune gear on. I might wear the colors, but I won't put that logo. Okay. I won't put that logo on my hat or chest. I'm sorry, I that, nope. can't do it. Wait a minute, can't do it. Hold on, I don't care how Go much of a check you're giving show. us. <laughs> Go back to the game time yeah. show that we did in Atlanta two weeks ago, where we had all twelve yeah. members of the SWAT. If you go yes. back at that video and pay attention, I had the Tuskegee uh-huh. shirt on right before the Bethune, the Bethune people came on. Yeah. And I purposely changed the Tuskegee gear because the colors <laughs> were too close to each other. Right. Yes. I did go. not want anyone go. to be confused with exactly. that. And, and then their producer, Roy, says, hey, because I was going to go with a neutral shirt. Uh, but Roy yeah. said, no. Put your fan view shirt back on. Okay. There you go. No problem. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, uh, you guys, uh, thanks for interacting and joining us on uh, Facebook. If you're watching us on the Black College Sports Network page or on our Sports Rap page, if you're watching us on Twitter, 
Uh, you can go be a part of the conversation on Facebook. You can also go to our YouTube page. My JBN one is where the discussion is going on. Great folks in there. Reverend Johnny M. Leggett was the first one to get in the building. She, he beat you to it, Tamara T. Uh, them boys, Mary 305, Edwin Moore, David Garner. Uh, let's see. Uh, Israel Carey, Real Talk. Dr. Cavill's in the house. Uh, so I appreciate that's a little bit of the folks who are already in early uh, on the uh, YouTube. Can are you paying attention to the Facebook group? Uh, yes and no. I'm Chuck Hunt. I, I saw Chuck the, Hunt on the Facebook. Yeah. Yep. I, I was looking All at right. the comments so, coming across, but okay. Well, hey, let's uh make yeah. sure you're following us. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at my BCSN one. That's the number one. Uh, hit that thumbs up button wherever you are watching us. Uh, and however you, uh, however you consume, we'd appreciate it if you go ahead, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the page, and always want to remind you all of our shows you can find in podcast format on BCSN Pod Zone. That's it. Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeart. It's all there. And I mean, the content is about to get heavy because we got new show. Or I shouldn't say new, but re uh, renewed shows coming back up. Um, all that kind of stuff. So you don't want to miss anything. That's just more work for your boy, Drew, because that just means me having to spend late nights getting the audio uploaded onto the pod zone. So when you go check out a podcast, whatever platform, go ahead and rate it, subscribe, do whatever. It all helps us out and helps out the algorithms. We've got a lot of talk to talk about. Week zero just finished up on the HBCU football schedule. Uh, with three games that we had, and now we get into game week. It's Sunday. It is game week. Week ones are going on this upcoming weekend. We got plenty to talk about. But first, let's sort of uh, back. Let's take a a rewind to the last 24 hours with uh, some of the uh, HBCU action. And and we're going to talk, Drew, with the game that you were at, probably – you know, had, had it not been for a situation going on in Tallahassee and, and Chapel Hill, the headline going into the weekend would have probably been all about the MEAC Swag Challenge. Uh, great attendance uh, from what I saw. I think I saw B.J. Jones tweet out that it was the second largest, second yes. largest attended. But, but, but you were there. And I know you were going to get into a story this morning on Doc's recap show, but obviously time time wouldn't let us get into it. But hey, guess what? Sounds like a sports rap story. So uh, go ahead and break down what you were going to tell us about how your day started getting to the stadium. Oh, my God. <sighs> Where do I begin? I actually, let's see. Left the hotel around 4.30-ish or so, 4, 4.15, 4.30. Start off with, I left, left my hotel key in the room, the little key card. Oh, okay. Normally, okay. normally that's no problem because you can, you can go back and get, and get one of those. Except yeah. because uh, the hotel that I was in in downtown Atlanta, you need your key card in order to get out of the parking lot. So I have oh, wow. okay. so I I can't get back go back upstairs. So now I have to get in the line at the in the hotel lobby to get a new key card so I so that I can get out. Okay, wow. that's that, nice. that's just a that's just a, that's just a minor hiccup though. That's the appetizer, uh, right? There you go. Yeah. 
driving to the stadium and it's, it's not like I uh, haven't been to Atlanta and, and not frequent in Atlanta, but somehow I missed my dog on turn. So instead of oh, going, man. so instead of going south, I'm going north out of downtown heading towards Georgia Tech by, by mistake because oh, I missed my one turn. Bad. Eventually, I get back <laughs> on 75. And from downtown Atlanta to the stadium, maybe it may, there may have been three to four miles. Of course, traffic mm-hmm. on the way to the stadium, traffic around the stadium. Finally, get and, and then I get off one exit shorter than what I should have. Following the GPS, I should have went down one additional exit, which would have put me on the side of the stadium where the media parking lot was at. Instead, I'm on the other side of the stadium and have to ride through all of the traffic to get to the media parking lot. Gave me the opportunity to see the different stuff that was going on, but that's what I, what I was trying to do. I was just trying to get to the stadium. So what, uh, you must not have gotten to the stadium until like, what, 6 o'clock? No, I got I got there a little bit after five, uh, by the time I parked and got okay. there. Okay. It, it, okay. It, it, that, that, that wasn't bad. Now, here, here's the problem. I I literally had to walk around the entire stadium because no one could tell me where the media interest was at. <laughs> it was like, go that way. You know, this person sent me the gate. I started at, I was parked at gate, near gate three. Had to go to gate four to pick up my credential. Then, then they told me, you got to go around to, get, to gate five. Well, gate five is all the way around on the other side of the stadium. They didn't tell five. They tell you go down to six. Six, they told me to go down to seven. Seven told me to go back to six. And then somebody finally said, mm. yeah, it's that door right there. Well, why did somebody just tell door, me that? That little, that little yeah, side that door right there door. next to the gate. <laughs> that little glass door. And and then you, get, then you get up and then there's no sign anywhere in the stadium telling you where the media. First of all, the uh, young lady told me, yeah, you see that over there? That's where you're going to be at. Mm-hmm. It, so this is the old baseball stadium, correct? I yep. would have come in in old center field and had mm-hmm. to get to home plate. It, it, home plate, yeah. Yeah, I got so the I had to, you know, Okay. So walking yes, all that, the way that, around yeah, the that's center field, yeah, that, that's where the street is, the, the, uh, the road yes. that's right there by, uh, by that entrance, yeah. Correct, and 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 the press box was in the old old home plate area. Oh my goodness! So, nice. Yes, you had to walk, and then you, I, I'm on the wrong level and can't, can't find an elevator or steps to take me to the proper level to get to. So that then you get there, you get settled. Fifteen minutes before kickoff, lightning. They pulled. They pulled the players off yeah. the off field. Yeah. And, and actually, you couldn't even see. You couldn't see the lightning, but uh, they had the lightning meters. So, and NCAA rules: if it's within eight miles, you, you have to clear the field and clear the stands. So yeah. that happens. Ninety-one minutes What's after it? kickoff, we finally kick off. Original kickoff right. was seven oh seven. We kicked off at eight thirty-eight. And there were how many? How many uh, lightning? They were what three or four delays to the course yes. of that game. Yes, the the, so the, the first game. quarter took an hour and well, I want to say an hour and forty minutes for the first quarter. 
My God. And so, I mean, by, by the time you left out of there, it was about, what, one thirty, one one ish something like that? The game was officially called at one one eighteen, With time still on the official game clock, if I'm not mistaken, correct? With two, with two minutes and 12 seconds, I believe, on the game clock. It was official. Now, they, sent to, they had sent the players to the locker room before that. But yeah. we got the word in the press box at one eighteen that the game was called. By the way, Brian, sidebar, new, new record for the BX Swag Challenge, five hours and 40 minutes, longest game ever played. Nice. Congratulations. Well, hey, they, they still had a great crowd, it sounds like. Uh, but you, with you really couldn't tell. You, because yeah. after it – after the first rain, you know, people were slow coming back in, into the seats. Uh, and right. then the, you and on TV, you really couldn't tell because there were uh, the, the sweet area was full. When I say of full, course, course. the sweet area was, Atlanta. was full. Yes. Sh- shouldn't surprise anybody. You know, Atlanta, Atlanta, you know, folks got to be in the suites. Yeah. yeah so, and I mentioned uh, this on cool. Dr. Hey. Cavill this morning. <laughs> there were more Alabama State people in the suites. Than how are people in the suites? Nice. You would think it would have been the other way go. around. Well, hey, look, the Alabama State folks, you know, they 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 spend money. They're excited. It's the it's the kickoff to the to the uh Robinson era and uh coach uh Eddie Robinson <clears throat> really the really the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first home first official season for their athletic director as well. Um first full uh, season. First full season for the AD, and the name escapes me right at the moment. But I know Jason, Jason if Dr. Know, Jason Cable. Cable, K. Okay, that's right. I, I knew, I knew uh, Travion Scott. He's at Grambling. I knew he wasn't. So it's Cable is at <clears throat> Alabama State. That's who was in my head, but I knew he wasn't at Alabama State. And then it was the debut and the kickoff of the D Davis era as well. And uh, this is how I know the game was so late. I'm looking at Alabama State website, BamaSports.com where they've got a great picture of uh, Dr. Cable. You've got Eddie Robinson there with the trophy in the locker room. And uh, if you go take a look, this is how late it was. When they put the website together, somebody's got the house. I hate to do this. I I find it funny. And I'm only mentioning this because of how late the game was. They got the Howard logo next to the line that says 23 Alabama State. And they got the Alabama State logo next to the 13 that says Howard. Everything else is right. But they got the logos mixed up. So that's how you know it was a late night for the SID and everybody because it was posted at like uh, 1225, late night. But anyway, the final score, Alabama State 23, Howard 13. I was wrong, Drew. I was wrong. I thought Howard was the team that was going to come in with the more experience, uh, with the better, with the with the bigger offensive line. And from what I saw, uh, Alabama State has inserted themselves into the discussion uh, in this SWAC East discussion. What What are your thoughts on the game and what you saw? Don't let that Howard offensive line uh, sleep uh, fool you. That Howard did outrush Alabama State in that game by about twenty yards, you know, although you can see it. Uh, well, what, what disappointed me was Howard, who had the number two passing offense in the BAC last year, 
could not complete a pass, it seems like. They left three touchdowns out on the on the field easily. Two of those two of those wound up being field goals. Uh one of them wound up being a a missed field goal. So uh and then there was another drive that they were uh driving that they left uh I thought they left a touchdown out there on the field. Other thing, Brian, was momentum. Howard had all the momentum before the first rank before the rain delay in the first quarter. After that I think maybe I don't know if Erob was nervous or what, but I think after that, and he went in and came back out. That that was a different Hornet team than we had seen before. That the Hornets had only had one first down, and I believe that was on a uh, on a scramble. Mm-hmm. By, uh, yeah, when I look Davis, at the so. when I look at those numbers, uh, Quentin Williams who. Now, here's the thing about Quentin Williams. I think, yes, he's played two years, but really he's only played seven games in each of those. He played as a true freshman. He played last year, but he only played in seven games. So, really, he only has when – you, when you talk about the experience, he really only has one, maybe one full season and a couple games of total time under his belt. And really, if you factor in the fact that there was a COVID year – in between, you know, uh, a couple of those seasons, uh, you know, you, you you came in expecting a little bit more from him, I think. He was 17 of 32. So, as you said, you know, you, you're missing about 15. You have 15 incompletions compared to 17 completions. And an INT, he was sacked twice, no touchdown passes. Um, the You know, the running game, nobody rushed for more than 39 yards. That was the high. Uh, and, and then when you go to the flip side, uh, D. Davis was 16 of 23, 184, one and one, one touchdown, one INT. He ran nine times for 51 yards. Uh, he too was sacked twice. But I think in the it, what, what I'm hearing from a lot of people who watched the game and who were there is is the playmaking ability of D. Davis is what got a lot of people excited. Yes, yes. Uh, he he made plays. Teams are going to have to probably implement some type of spy system on him. He was uh, that good, and, and let's be real. He kept he kept Alabama State in the game until Alabama State was finally able to figure it out defensively. Alabama State played great. Howard played great on defense. D. Davis uh, was probably the best player on the field on yesterday. So, henceforth, he was able to lead his team to the victory. But this this game was, even though it was a 10-point game, the game was a lot closer than it appeared. Hey, I like it. Chuck Hunt just said so. He said, uh, anyway, he said, Eddie Robinson had to be shown how to work the headset. You got to be kidding me, really. That's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if he's joking. I don't know if he's joking there or he's being real. But, but uh, that's kind of funny. But, hey, congratulations. That that's hilarious. To, yeah, congratulations to um, Alabama State. I know they – they look, Hornet Nation has to feel really good about finding a quarterback. Um, 
And, you know, there's another SWAC school that also seems to have found a quarterback in the SWAC East, and that's FAMU uh, transitioning over to FAMU the Moose. North Carolina. Yeah, the, the Moose is loose. And, look, I'm, I'm – look, I for obvious reasons, Matt Hasselbeck, uh, I, I love him, uh, former Colts backup. Uh, I, you know, I listen to him in a lot of places. Very smart guy. I enjoyed listening to him on the broadcast – but uh, Jeremy Musa, who got the start over Rashawn McKay, who was last year's starter for FAMU, uh, he made some great throws, great timing. The ball. I'm going to go back to what I was on the field for spring game, and I'll tell you, Drew, I was I, – look, I thought Rashawn McKay was going to start because of the loyalty factor. But the one thing that I go back to thinking about from spring, watching the decision-making from Musa – compared to McKay and watching how Willie Simmons, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say he didn't coach, but he didn't give too many post uh, play or any in-game critique and comments to Musa. I think a lot of people will go back and say, oh, his first pass in the spring game was an INT. Well, again, I've watched that film. The INT wasn't all his fault, okay? Uh, so with that said, after that, though, his reads and everything, and the ball just comes out of his hands so fast that I had all kinds of people texting me like, yo, FAMU's got a quarterback. And they were like, I kept replying back and say, yeah, I know. This is this is the guy that um, that uh, that I think is 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 uh, is going to make some noise and is why FAMU has a lot of optimism. And they – they really showed their grit and determination with all of the things going on and the distractions with the certification stuff, um, just the throws. It was top-level throws and plays. Uh, the offense, you know, it's funny, Drew, The I, I, of all things, the offense looked better than the defense. And coming into the game, obviously the defense is missing some, a few guys, but uh, the few? offense looked surprisingly good at this point in the year, right? Well, you know, I, I would agree with you, Brian, and I, but I'm going to have to take your word for it because obviously I did not get back to the hotel in enough time to see the game. And because of all the weather and everything we had uh, going on in Atlanta, we had Internet issues, so I was not able to follow it along in the press box. So I will take your word for it. And uh, Tamara, Tamara T says, Fam, you was in the house last night. Uh, hopefully, Tamara, we saw a good – I saw a good speckling of orange amongst that Carolina blue in the crowd. I know they had Fam, you kind of and the band off to the right, so really you couldn't see them except when that first touchdown from Musa to A.J. Davis, you, you kind of had a feeling that, okay, that was the Fam, you section over there by the band. But even – uh, in some other parts in the lower level, there were some speckles of orange and some clusters, which stands out amongst the uh, Carolina blue. I was just really impressed with the way we showed uh, showed up. And, and we'll talk about some of the other stuff maybe later. If, if you want to hear some of our comments, go back and listen to Saturday's uh, BCSN Game Time show as uh, Drew, myself, uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Jamie Walker, and uh, Roy Evans kind of talked about some of the issues and the headlines that just kind of made that uh, made that day. So let's take a break because on the other side, 
We've got our good friend Charles Edmond coming on to talk with us. And uh, he's got to be excited, or at least I'm curious, Drew, how excited Alcorn State fans are after watching Stephen F. Austin get bludgeoned to death on TV. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So we'll talk to him about Alcorn State's big week one, and we'll kind of recap the uh, two SWAC teams that played yesterday on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead. Because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Download the mobile app now. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit-smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. <laughs> It's like a loop machine. Going around town, people trying to get down. Star Backyards Yellowwood brand pressure treated pie. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. I want you to get the vaccine because I want you to be. Now, uh, good friend Charles Edmund, Charles uh, of Alcorn State Sports Radio. Uh, the Braves are taking on Stephen F. Austin in week one. 
And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get in. Uh, I, I guess we'll I don't know where we want to start. Charles, you mentioned something about eating crows. So I'm always open for letting people eat first before we <laughs> before we start talking. So what's going on, Charles? What, what do you got to eat? What do you got to say? Man, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm really, and I'm, I'm glad to say this, and I'm happy to say this. Really, quite, quite excited, based on what I saw yesterday, last night. So, you know, we just started in Chapel Hill. You know, you and I talked what last Monday, and I gave a score of 59 to 10. That was the score I had, and I just thought that you know, at some point, the Carolinas was going to wear down a few just to get up to 83 versus. 85 versus the 63, 85 sky, all that stuff. And I have to say, I'm really proud to be a, a SWAC supporter in just the way that they have you, what, 28, 29 hours before kickoff, you find out that you got 20-some players that are ineligible for whatever reason, certification, eligibility, whatever the case, they don't make the trip. They're not. I mean, that, you know, when you have that happen as a coach, you, you prepare all summer for something like this, and then all of a sudden you find out that you got 20-some players that you're not going to have against an FBS team of that sort, that is, you know, that is disconcerting to say the least. But you have to give FAMU a lot of credit for playing with a lot of guts, a lot of pride, a lot of determination, you know, up and down the line in that program, starting with Willie Simmons, players, coaches, trainers, everyone on that field last night played with a lot of heart. And when you look at it, you just look at the game. I mean, fam, you had opportunities. I mean, a late turnover in the first half led to a touchdown. And then just looking at looking at the numbers, you know, fam, you give up touchdown drives of 21, 27, and 44 yards. You cannot give a team, I don't care how good you are or how bad you are, you can't give a team short fields. You know, granted, they were missing some players. You cannot do that against anyone. Anyone in the swag can't do that and expect, expect to have positive results. But nonetheless, I thought the defense got off the field at times. Late turnover hurt. And you know, this quarterback, Musa, really was impressive. Good in the pocket, you know, extended some play. Obviously, getting his first start, there was a little nerves there. But, you know, 424 points, you know, you didn't, you couldn't get anything done in the fourth quarter. I think the depth and just, I think mentally, they were probably worn down a bit physically too. Uh, going to that fourth quarter, and that kind of what happens when you're playing these type of games when you play it up like that. So all in all, I have to eat a little crow and say, hey, I was wrong. I was wrong in terms of, especially considering what happened 24 hours for the game. Just the fact that they stepped up, they played with a lot of grit and gut and determination and heart. They, I was really proud of Willie Simmons in that program. I was wrong. I was wrong, and I don't, I don't have a hard time saying that, but I'm happy because of the fact that now I think fam you can move forward big game coming up this week you don't know how many of these guys you'll have back coming up with Jackson State you're going to need some of those guys you know Land's going to be there it's going to be ready you know but I do think if they play with that type of energy cut down some of the turnovers and mistakes I think that's going to be a heck of a football game in Miami minus the players we'll see yeah great great point I'll tell you maybe outside of us true faithful thought that FAMU would be in this ball game by, what, 35 to 24 is what the Rattlers were trailing going into the start of the fourth quarter. Um, that that had to be the shocker. And then, yeah, look, maybe, yeah, we, we maybe we ran out of gas there in the fourth quarter. Maybe the defensive guys ran out of gas. I mean, you give up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. 
um, and, and that factors in. What, what I'm curious about, obviously you've seen a lot in the SWAC, and, and two things that stand out about the conversation about compliance. And um, one is that I think the I think there was an article that came out from North Carolina, uh, North Carolina's athletic director, who stated that the late notice of the or the, the late notice of certifications is not uncommon on the university level. I mean, he mentioned his program even having that late certification. Um, and, and so it was like, OK, well, that, you know, that's that's nice to know that that is not uncommon because now I know FAMU dealt with this last year before the OBC. There were guys who weren't eligible before the OBC. And then we've had other instances in other years. Um, as you, from what you've seen in the SWAC, I mean, how, let me rephrase the question because I guess, what do you hear? How do you prevent this? Is there a way to prevent it? How, from from what you've seen, how does how does Alcorn State deal with this? And have you guys had an issue that reared its head hours, days before kickoff of the first game? Um, I have not heard of any Alcorn players, to my knowledge, uh, not being certified. You know, a twenty four hours, thirty hours for a kickoff of a game, or twenty four hours before a basketball game, or, or whatever the case. I have not heard that. It may be, but it, it didn't get it didn't get to me. It, it it didn't get down to the bottom of the barrel level where I am. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised in a sense because, and I just think the whole compliance certification issue is something that you have to, we have to talk about at our level, HBCU levels. And I saw an article or I saw a tweet in terms of. Our HBCUs, how many people are actually in that office to help certify student athletes in compliance? And the most I saw was three or four at, at the high end. And there's like a dozen schools that have three or four, and the lowest is one. There are some schools that only have one, according to according to the article. And that that's tough because you're talking about 200 student athletes, football, I mean, 14 sports, and that's that's a that's a tough deal. You know, it it, it really is. And and it's not just something that, you know, quality and quantity. You want to have a bunch of people handling these type of things, but then you also want to have people that are certified. What I was told is that even to be able to certify student athletes, you have to be certified yourself in certain areas to be able to do that type of thing. And I remember Roman Banks was on Carlos Brown's show several, a couple of months ago, and I was on with him, and he talked about you just can't pull somebody from the admissions office and and make them into that area. <laughs> oh, excuse me. There has some certifications and qualifications in place to be able to do those types of things. So I, I I do think that it's an issue and it's a challenge from a finance standpoint, perhaps in hiring a, a bunch of people, the certifications and qualifications and paying the type of salaries, the quality and the quantity of people. So I, I you know, to answer your question, I have not heard anything of that sort at all, corn. But I think, as they say, quiet as it's kept, it's probably done a lot. It's probably happening a lot more. And probably a lot of stuff is happening at the 11th hour, too, in terms of getting these players certified and, and getting them above board to get them on the field. I mean, literally, you know, 12 hours, 20. Because I guarantee you, some of these folks working in compliance and certification are probably working all night to make sure these things get done 
get these players on the field. So unfortunately, it was Florida A&M. Unfortunately, it was 20 players. Unfortunately, it was 24 hours before their first game. And I just think it's just so unfortunate. You know, hopefully they can get it all worked out. You know, I've just, based on the people I've talked to that kind of know how these things go, it's easier said than done in terms of certification. There are a lot of reasons why players aren't certified, grades, you know, getting paperwork in. And it's just, it's a lot. And, you know, I think if we really know how it works, we'll realize that it is a lot to do for one, two, three, or four people, however many are in the office. It's just a lot for some almost 300 student athletes. I'm sorry, Brian. I got choked up when he said you can't move anybody from like financial aid over to the uh, uh, compliance office or uh, academic advisement office. Yeah, I've heard of somebody doing that. I'm just going to. Anyway. and it, not not to beat up on on FAMU because I'm gonna say that for Kofi on Wednesday on the ONG strike zone because I don't just just go ahead and kill the first segment, Brian. Make sure you don't have any guests the first hour because Kofi's gonna take the first thirty minutes of it on Wednesday. But uh, I know it is is it's kind of tough for the fall sport athletes because you know some of them are just getting back, even though they report to campus a little bit earlier than others. Let me back up. No, 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 it's not. Because it's not like the people who are certifying report at the same time as students. You know, these people are on 12-month contracts usually, the people who are working in compliance and uh, academic advisement for for the students. So they're on 12-month contracts. These football players have been on campus, like Alcorn, they've been on campus since when, uh, Charles? Last week of July? Like last two, three days of July? (laughs) July the fifth was their first day reporting. There was a, their first day of camp was July the fifth for the summer, and then going right. into the fall. So they fall camp. So you know th- th- these people have been there, and, and uh, there's no excuse for dropping the ball. And I'm, I'm curious to find out if they waited to the last minute or was rushing trying to get stuff done at the university level. And by the time they sent it to Indianapolis, which is where the NCAA office is at, you know, that person wasn't, you know, you're not priority. You sent this to me at the last minute. I'm not going to work hard to get your player certified because you're sending this to me at the last minute. Just kind of curious about that because, like you said, Charles, it is a process. And unfortunately, part of that process, when you get to limited resource institutions, there's that one person who decides to go on vacation who you need an authorization or a signature from that's gone at the wrong time. So I've just wondered if these were some of the underlying issues with the stuff at Florida A&M University. Well, I, I kind of, you know, in thinking about the whole certification process, because there are paperwork that goes back and forth and forth and back and up and down and sideways, it's kind of like you filing your taxes and looking for a refund. You know, if, if, if there's some paperwork missing, if it's a W-2 missing, if you got two jobs or three jobs and you need W, you must have those W-2s into the IRS because you're shorting yourself and the IRS some income, you're probably not going to get that refund until they get that document. So I, I kind of, and I may be stretching this a little bit, but I'm kind of comparing it to the same type of thing. 
you know, the NCA requires some stuff, and I know a lot of stuff can be done on campus. The processes can be probably better on campus. But some of this stuff, and I think Willie Simmons might have referred to it, you know, as a student athlete, even though you have people watching student athletes to make sure they go to class and making sure they stay eligible, at some point, you know, as a student athlete or as a student, you got to take care of your own business too. And I'm not saying that's that was the case for all 20 players. I don't know if it was certification, because I was told by somebody yesterday that there's one thing if you're not certified, it's another thing if you're not eligible. So if you're not eligible, that means what? That means something you might not have done, maybe in the classroom or otherwise. Certification, that's an office that handles that. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, several years ago, Southern University kind of went through the same thing. Southern University had over- 14, something like that. Yeah. Southern had over 100 players that were not certified. It was major stuff. And they wind up whittling it down and working it down, and there wind up being some sort of settlement. And then Southern went on about their way. NCAA went their way, and everything was fine. So, I mean, it, it's been worse cases. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it, it's convoluted. And I don't know if we'll get the answers from the, uh, the AD or the president. I don't know if we'll get the true answers in terms of how the ball was dropped who dropped it and how, I don't know, you know, and, you and, that's, and, and, and so for me, I just hope that the, I hope the certification issues get resolved because you, you hear reports and Brian, you probably know this could be up to four games. Some of them, some of them are trying to get, you know, ready for Jackson state this week, others done for the season. I don't know. I guess I'll be following it like everybody else, but uh, you know, you, you need to have your full complement of players because there's a lot of excitement down there in Tallahassee for this upcoming season, considering went to the playoffs last year. And you got, and, I, and I'll say this, I've been saying it all summer, you know, JMU's got to win this game Saturday against Jackson State. Because if they don't, they might not get to where they want to be, despite minus how many players. So, you know, we can go inside the weeds in terms of what goes on in these compliance offices and all of that. That's a whole nother t- show for another day, another topic. But I just, I'm just, glad that they performed at a high level for as long as they could and hopefully going forward they'll get some players back and uh, we we might see a really good competitive game uh, against Jackson State. Hey Brian before yeah. before we get off this subject I got one last one last question. Is it this the one of the issues that stopped Florida A&M in 2004 or 2005 from going to the uh fcs when they were trying to go fcs in the early 2000s wasn't compliance one of those issues that along with the other uh along with the other ncaa violations but wasn't that one of the violations or one of the things they discovered during the self-audit not well tech okay so that's the year if you're referring you're referring to the year the transition year where famu was supposed to be going to fbs right Right. well in, in previous years you could go to FBS and still play FCS and there'd be no penalty, which is exactly what Jacksonville state. And we'll talk about that's the opponent that Stephen F. Austin played uh, Charles, but Jacksonville state apparently is going through that where they're slated to go FBS, but they're able to, and I, and I, I read, I saw this, I don't know. I I hate to say I saw it on Twitter, but you know, somebody, somebody (laughs) has stated they have 85, they have 85 scholarships, uh, but they're still playing an FCS schedule, but a lot of people aren't ranking them in FCS because of that. They are, I don't, I don't think they're playing for conference titles. So 
that was what FAMU was going to be going through. And that is why and this I, I heard Vaughn Wilson bring this up. So I got to give credit to Vaughn Wilson, um, a HBCU game day now is where he's working. He's working with those guys. Uh, I heard him mention this. This is what I mean, this is what happened to Willie Simmons back in that year, because the fact that the NCAA did not allow FAMU to play as an FCS team, they instantly made all of the guys like Willie Simmons and others who were coming to FAMU to automatically be ineligible or have to wait a year. Because remember, at that time, when you transferred, you had to, you had to wait a year. You had to sit a year. So he was coming from Clemson to uh, FAMU. And if he would have been, if we would have still been FCS or 1AA, he would have been able to play instantly. But once the NCAA reversed course and made FAMU a Division One or FBS, uh, it didn't give that waiver. And I don't know why that didn't happen. There's another story there. Instantly, Willie, two weeks before the start of the season, who had been in camp practicing, Coach uh, Joe was really excited about Willie Simmons, all of a sudden had to leave FAMU and find somewhere to play in that moment. So as Vaughn Wilson brought up, imagine him. I mean, th- this is happening almost 20 years to what happened to him. So I know he was in his, I know he felt some kind of his way. Goodness. He was and, in his feelings. Uh, oh, he had to so be so hot, big, 38 yeah. and know that how it affected him. And then to see the guys that he's coaching uh, and not really know this, how this situation is going to play out, whether you're losing guys for the year or a game. I mean, this is a game, a get money game. As he told everybody, get, this is a game that guys were supposed to get checks. Isaiah Lamb, BJ Bowler, two guys who didn't play. The, the film that you will see in February about these guys would have come from this game. Uh, and, and so for them not to be. So, yeah, I, th- to answer your question, Drew, I, I think that uh, I think it's a different type of certification, but their issue was more related to what the NCAA did in reversing to course to them, to FAMU. Yeah, yeah. And thus it affected them, uh, their eligibility, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, hey, let's get it, Charles. Let's talk about week one here. Uh, Alcorn State, Braves Nation had to be, I don't know whether you had to be excited or nervous watching Stephen F. Austin get mollywopped the way they did by Jacksonville State. Um, I, you know, I'm already out there. I think somebody already posted, I saw this in the chat room, the SWAC is 1-0, and 1-0 against FBS schools. The MIAC is the MIAC is zero and one, so it's like, hey, already here we are, right? <laughs> so we've already another, yeah. I think it's something to that effect. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, Charles, what, what's the excitement level? Uh, does it, does, does the uh, alarms go off, or what, what's the thought here after watching Stephen F. Austin? Uh, and what can we expect from the Braves on Saturday? I think I think fans were a little nervous prior to that Jacksonville State Stephen F. Austin game, but after watching the game, and I saw a little bit of it. I think Stephen F. is a team that can be had, you know, kind of like North Carolina. Stephen F. just kind of disappeared in the second half. They were shut out in the second half. They only had seventy rushing yards uh, yesterday. Their quarterback was sacked three times. So the Braves' defense, by the way, they had a scrimmage yesterday, and I think the defense 
won the day. So if, if the defense can pick up where it left off throughout the course of fall camp and get after it next week at home, I think we have a shot against Stephen F. Austin. So I, I think Braves Nation is really excited about this game. Uh, up front in the trenches, that's where it's got to happen. And Stephen F. is, is there. They're not a bunch of shrimps out there. They are they are really a big team, and I think that's something we'll have to deal with. But I think, you know, that long trip to Montgomery for Stephen F. and having to come to all courts a little bit different. Uh, you know, you're a little bit on stage, but shut out in the second half. And, hey, I think for the Braves, they got a good dose of what we can expect, you know, from base like uh, Stephen F. did yesterday. I think we're excited. You know, we got one of the longest uh, home field winning streaks in the FCS. And we want, want to keep that thing going, man. We want to keep it going. A good way to start the season. So, got good intel on Stephen F. And I'm I'm ready to kick it off uh, Saturday at 6 o'clock. All right. Hey, hey, Charles, can I pick your sportscaster brain? Sure. All right. All right. Now, that, that Stephen F. game was affected by weather. The Florida Memorial Ever Waters game was affected by weather. And of course, we know the uh, BX Swag Challenge was affected by weather. So, I need I need some advice from you. You're in a radio booth in in this situation. Rain before the game, rain during the middle of the game, etc., etc., etc. What what do what what do you do, and what do you talk about to keep the people engaged, or do you just kick it back to the studio and hope that they don't uh, turn you off? Well, eventually, you do. Eventually you do during that 30 minute delay, eventually you do kick it back to the studio. But what you do is you you always recap the action and then you just kind of build it from there because fans might tune in late. They might not know what has happened. They might not know how it's happened. So, you know, you had several delays in that uh, in that game in Atlanta. I mean, it was, you know, three, four, five. I don't know, how many delays was it? Five? There was three, there was a, Kickoff was 91 minutes late, but the delay yeah. started 50, uh, 20 minutes before kickoff. Then you yeah. had another 45-minute uh, de- delay in the first quarter. And then, of course, the one at the end of the game, which ultimately led to the game being called at 1.18 in the morning to make the total game time five hours and 40 minutes from kickoff. But – if you add in the time from when the game was supposed to have kicked off, you were at seven hours and thirteen minutes from the schedule yeah, kick. Well, I, I can I can I can relate to that because probably a decade ago we played UAPB in a similar weather situation. The, the game was delayed four hours and forty minutes. Four hours. It was one delay after another, after another, after another. One lightning strike here, one lightning here. One uh, four hours, and they eventually called the game at like eleven thirty at night. They eventually the game was eventually called. It was no contest. So I I I get and I felt for everyone that was that was in that stadium. But to answer the answer your question, all you can do really is recap. Uh, you see people up in the press box that you can talk to doing interviews because you're you're really trying to kill thirty minutes and hope that you can resume action in 30 minutes. But if there's another lightning strike, you got you got to tackle on another 30 minutes. So now you go from 30 minutes to 60 minutes. That's when that's when you have to eventually send it back to the studio. I mean, there's so much you can cuz you don't know if there's going to be another 30 minutes after that. So it's you can do it, you can probably get through the first 30, but then when you got got it back to back or it happens two or three times, 
then you have you eventually have to send it back to the studio. You eventually have to, you know, talk about the game eventually, but you got to send it back there as well. So it, it's a really tough thing to deal with. I've dealt with it many a time. I had a nine-hour baseball rain delay one time, and it's just it's, oh, oh, it's wow. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's. You tough. said delay, not the game. That was just the delay. Wow. <laughs> the delay was not the conference baseball game that we needed, and so our coach at the time, Barry Ray, was determined to get the game in. He set his field on fire to, to drive the dirt so he can be able to play from nine hour delay from 1230 when the game was halted. We picked it up at 930 that night. We finished around midnight. That was a game we had to have, Brian Fulford. We had, we had to get it in somehow, somewhere. And, could, and couldn't come back tomorrow. They wanted those. You couldn't back home tomorrow it is really, games. It is tough. It, it's tough to continue to kill time. You can talk about only so much. You can you can give scores. You can give recaps of other games. But at some point, when you see that you're not going to be playing for a while, you eventually have to send it back to your affiliates, and then you tell them what time you're coming back. You, you recap again, and then hopefully you'll be ready to play football. That's kind of way I've always looked at it. All right, uh, Charles. Uh, before we get you out of here, let's go through some picks. Uh, let's get some uh, some thoughts on some of the swag action going on here in week one. Obviously, we won't, uh, you know, we, we've heard a little bit of your analysis regarding the Alcorn State Stephen F. Austin game, which Alcorn host. Uh, that'll be seven. That'll be six Eastern or excuse me, seven Eastern, six Central uh, right there in uh, at Alcorn. And so that'll be a big game. So here we go. Starting on Thursday, we've got Alabama A&M traveling to UAB. That is an 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on CBS Network. Who do you like in, the, in that contest? Well, I want to add a little caveat to our Alcorn game. It, it does say on our schedule ESPN Plus, but the game will not be on ESPN Plus. Um, I was in a meeting on Wednesday just to kind of, you know, I was told by their SID that the game wasn't going to be on Plus, and it was confirmed to me the other day. So the game will be on Alcorn Sports uh, streaming site. It won't be on ESPN+. Plus. That's the only game from our – RAD told me the other day that's the only game that won't be on Plus. So just just to kind of update fans on on that. You know what? That, that is that UAB, a paper? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is that a, is that a paper? That's a paper. Okay. Okay, it's a yeah. pay-per-view. And if they want to listen to – we'll give the plugs coming up if you want to listen to the broadcast – on, on, online of, of your of your game, but okay, go ahead with Alabama A and M at UAB. You know that's you know that's another one. You know, two schools ninety miles, ninety three miles apart, Huntsville, Birmingham. You know that's one. If Alabama A and M's defense can hold fort and improve from what they were last year, glass is gone. It's going to take a little bit of time. The continuity is. As Jamie Walker mentioned several weeks ago, and so the continuity with coaches and players and quarterbacks and in different positions, if A&M can kind of pick up where they left off offensively, I think they'll put a scare in the UAB. I do think, though, UAB will win the game, and so I, I am going with UAB. But I think Coach Maynard will have his team ready. Just a matter of, you know, with this dynamic offense, who will be the signal caller? Right. Uh, I, I want to see wh- whether uh, Bulldog Nation will show up. Will they, uh, Drew? Isn't that what you said last week? You thought they would outnumber UAB fans? Is that wasn't that what you said? Until I found out it was a Thursday night game, I, I skipped over <laughs> the fact that it was a Thursday night game. If it was a Saturday game, I would definitely say Alabama A and M bite. Uh, you have more Bulldogs and Blazers in the stands, but with that being a Thursday night game, uh, the only the only thing that may 
make this game attractive for Bulldog fans is because you have the holiday weekend. If people could get Friday off from their from their job, they might go to that game on Thursday evening and, and make it a long four-day weekend. That, yeah. that, that's what Bulldog Nation should be encouraged to do. Uh, also on Thursday night, Mississippi Valley State t- uh, travels to Tarleton. Uh, that's uh, Tarleton just moved into the FCS ranks. That game is eight Eastern, seven Central on ESPN Plus. Charles, can can Valley can Valley get one for the swag? I think so. I mean, Valley's my my surprise shocker in the East. I think Valley could very well push for that number three seed in the East. You know, they only won three games last year. The expectation is that it, you know, with a new AD and all those processes involved there, it, you can win three games again. And I do think with the defense that they had, I think with the, they just have had a healthy quarterback. And I think if they get if they get manageable quarterback play, a good running game, I do think they'll give Tarleton a run for their money. Um, I saw Tarleton Stadium, by the way. I think they they have a new stadium over there, upgraded stadium. I saw the pictures on social media. Really nice facility there. Um, I do think, though, I think Tarleton will probably win it a little bit more depth, but I do think Valley will could possibly take them to the brink. Mm. All right, jumping into Saturday, uh, gonna gonna move forward here, so I don't hold you up here. Uh, Grambling State traveling to Arkansas State. Uh, Arkansas State Arkansas State was two and ten last year. That game is seven Eastern on ESPN three. That's seven Eastern, six Central. Uh, we're still waiting to find out who Grambling State's quarterback is going to be, but uh, what do you think? Um, I think that, you know, until we know that, you know, Grambling, from what I was told, had six quarterbacks on the roster. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson's keeping it close to the best. He's not saying a whole heck of a lot. That's probably a good thing for for other teams because you, you don't know what Grambling's going to bring. Um, I, think it's, I think it's probably the same thing that with Florida and them in North Carolina. I do think Hugh Jackson knows how to get the best out of the quarterback position. I think Grambling will score some points, but I do think their defense has got some work. I think, you know, Arkansas State probably pull. And I'm a Grambling grad. I want to see it a close game, but I kind of mirror that game kind of like FAMU in North Carolina. You know, maybe 56 to 24, something like that. That's kind of a score I have in mind. But I, I just think the depth, first first game coach, new personnel, new quarterback, that continuity. I think uh, come fourth quarter could be it, it could be tough. I'm pulling for these guys, by the way, but I'm just just giving my prediction in terms of what I think is going to happen deep down in my soul as a SWAC grad and alum. I want to see our teams do well and win some of these games because I think it's important. But just if I had to bet some money, which I don't have, but if I did, I would I would bet on <laughs> I would I would bet on Arkansas State. I can't imagine why why coaches are being secretive when nobody has film on these quarterbacks. Why are we being so secretive? I you know I don't know superstition I guess. Um, the Labor Day Classic in Houston, Texas Southern, Prairie View A and M. That will be seven Eastern, six Central, ESPN Plus. Who do you like there? I'm I'm I really like Body. Last year he was a freshman. There were times in which he looked like a freshman. Bad turnovers, couldn't hold on to the football. But when he was upright and could make plays and extend plays, his athleticism really showed out just being a freshman. He's a year older, a year wiser. You see him on social media with all the work he's putting in. With Prairie View, with, 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 uh, 
with uh, Coach McDowell. You just don't know. I'm going with Texas Southern in this one. I'm, I, you know, that game's at Prairie View, by the way, and I and I didn't I didn't know that till a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was still in Houston, where they used to play that game every year in Houston. It's at Prairie View. Oh, really? But I'm going. Yeah, yeah, the games at Panther okay. State. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't I, know that I either. Labor Day Classic, you're thinking NRG, you're thinking Compass, you know, but it's at Prairie View. So I'm I'm going with uh I'm going with Texas Southern. I, I do believe body will be you know the surprise that a lot of people are, are are looking for. Now that's uh one of two conference matchups in the SWAC. So we talk about games that matter right off the bat. Week one, there it is, Texas Southern Prairie View that matters. And then the other one, of course. The Orange Blossom Classic in Miami Gardens, uh, right there in South Florida. They call it the remix. Last year might have been game of the year. I don't think it was, but it was a close game. Seven to six. Um, Jackson State won it. Jackson State ran off the uh, seven more in the SWAC. Ended up uh, being uh, Black College National Champs, even though they lost in the Celebration Bowl. FAMU goes to the playoffs. Uh, Charles, FAMU, Jackson State. What are you? What are your thoughts? Um, after watching FAMU last night, and I know on paper a lot of people probably think it's Jackson State and a runaway. After watching FAMU's performance last night and just the confidence and momentum that they've got, considering they were minus twenty plus players, I think FAMU is going to win this game. I think they found their quarterback in Musa. He looked very poised. Um, he wasn't rattled. You know, the bad turnover at the end of the first half hurt. But I think if if they can put some points on the board like they did yesterday and force that Jackson State offense, Shadur Sanders a year older, year wiser, we'll see how defenses scheme on him. I'm going to go with Florida a and I, I, You know, if they were at full throttle and they lost, 70 to nothing yesterday and they lost some players I'd go with Jackson State but I you know some of this is me being a Willie Simmons fan too knowing him personally when he was here at Alcorn you know I like Willie Simmons good guy and so a part of it is personal I'm pulling for him nothing against Jackson State but I what I saw yesterday makes me believe that I think FAMU will be the underdog and I think that will be enough to give them enough impetus to and they they want to prove that last year was a fluke too so I do think I'm going with FAMU in this game. It's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be higher score than it was last year. It won't be seven to six. I'm going to say 27. I'm going to say 27, 23, Florida A&M. All right. All right. We love it. We love it. Well, uh, Charles, we appreciate your time this evening. Um, you know, uh, let people know where they can find the broadcast Saturday evening, what time you start your pregame show and all that. Um, you can find me. I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio on Twitter. Appreciate all the tweets and comments uh, on Facebook, Charles Edmond. And you can listen to the broadcast on WPRL.org. We're on TuneIn Radio, so you can go to the, the TuneIn app. You can type in Life 91.7 WPRL and pull us up. And uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Pre-game is 530 Central Time. Kickoff is uh, 6 o'clock, and I'll be ready to rock and roll, man. I'm, I'm ready for some swag football, ready to talk about a lot of stuff. As they say, uh, a teacher once said, ready to cuss and fuss. I'll take the cussing out of it. I'll, I'll just be ready to fuss. Uh, and so it's uh, it, it, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, last night's game really gave me encouragement in terms of 
how exciting the SWAC's going to be because a lot of people felt like Eddie Robinson Jr.'s first game at Bama State, you know, their defensive coordinator just started like yesterday. And yet that <laughs> Am I wrong on that? They're, they just hired their No, no. No, it's been recent. It, it's been recent. And I kind of felt that Alabama State would win the game, but I think just the lack of continuity. But that was a big win. I mean, who would have thought a first-year coach winning in the, in the MEAC SWAC? I mean, so Alabama State, if they continue to play this way, they got a good a quarterback that, that can make it happen, look out is because they're going to get better. And so I think you got to add Alabama State to that mix, you know, of teams. You know, FAMU, Alabama A&M. Now I think you got to add Alabama State in there. So that's going to make it even more exciting. So I'm looking forward to it all. All right. Well, hey, uh, good luck to the Braves, Brave Nation. We, we, we. Uh, I, I'm, I'm checking that one on the box. I've already said it. I've got Alcorn winning that one over Stephen F. Austin. Uh, even regardless of that, that molly wop that they took uh, on Saturday, I still the home, the home, uh, the home advantage goes to the Braves. So, uh, thank you, Charles. I know we'll talk later on offline during the course of the week. Uh, oh, Fred McNair's show is that is that still happening? You're doing that on what day? Monday. Now, I'm looking at Thursday of this week. Um, I'm looking at doing okay. a Thursday show. We got back-to-back shows. I'm trying to get our athletic director, Noy Dudeau, on at 5 o'clock Central Time, and then Fred McNair at 6 o'clock on Thursday. And we'll be back on our regular Monday schedule starting next Monday on our Labor Day. There you go. Every, every school needs a Charles Edmond. If you don't have one, you, you, you need to let your athletic department know. Uh, he covers, he is at every game, broadcasting every game on radio. So you always, I mean, Brave 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 Nation is, is blessed to have you, Charles. They, so, they spoiled. Uh, the, Charles is spoiled. They spoiled. Exactly. They spoiled. They spoiled. <laughs> I almost I, I say this before I let you go. It's been a blessing and an honor to, to be doing all Corns games. And I have not missed an Alcorn football game in 31 years. I've missed a few basketball games, but 31 years in a row, I have not missed a football game, not a broadcast, not Amen. a postseason game. Not... And so it is a blessing to be able to do this and uh, just the Lord's will to be able to continue to do this. It's, it's really a lot of fun, especially now with you guys and Black College Sports Network and social media and just – a, a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm just really blessed and thankful to be able to do this. When they True when that. you walk True away, they're gonna give you the golden microphone, Charles. That's all I'm gonna oh. say. <laughs> we pray that we pray the street keeps going. You got eleven twelve in you this year, Charles. So we, we pray the street keeps going. So hey, have a good broadcast, my friend. We'll talk later. Uh we're gonna take a break. Coming up on the other side, we got Dr. Kenyatta Cavill's gonna join us. Uh we'll get his reaction to week zero and get him. Get him, get his official picks. Um, maybe, maybe he'll give us a few because you know he liked to hold on to some for his show. But uh, all right, we'll be back in just a moment on the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. I want you to get the vaccine because I want you to be safe. I don't want you to be a patient I take care of in the hospital. That's what I'm scared of. I hug you. Yes. <laughs> Love you. Love you, too. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. It's like a loot machine. better sound than hearing the hundred take the field uh man that just gets you that gets the juices going right there doc i tell you i what, mean i know man, you missed I, a bit of battle of the bears doc but i had I, we had remind you about him uh from, since yeah, you didn't get to I, see him I, yesterday I I'm fortunate i got to see him last year uh, <laughs> they, they, they do what they do they put in that work uh, ain't no joke about this 
100. You there, can't hide some, that. Uh, you can't hide that. No, you can't, you can't hide that. There's some great video out there uh, on uh, various, obviously, you guys, if you check in on YouTube, there's some good stuff out there where Florida A&M, they did the pregame, I believe, solo at North Carolina. And then they did a joint uh, thing with North Carolina's band during halftime. So that was that was pretty cool. I mean, because, you know, it, 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 look, I, I'm, I'm sure that had to be a, a, a real cool moment for uh, the the uh, the folks, the Carolina, North Carolina band, and and so I mean, it, it, it was really cool to see that. Uh, joining us right now, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, host of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Now you can find three times during the week, not only on the normal Tuesday and Thursday nights, but then early in the morning. So right as you're getting dressed and getting ready for church, you can go ahead and get that get that uh, HBCU fix and catch up on the games that you missed. Uh, Doc, how did it feel waking up this morning, getting that, uh, that uh, you know, post-game reaction from week zero? How did it feel this morning? That's when I knew it was real. Um, this is one of the first times where my alarm did not get me up. I actually was, I guess, excited with anticipation and, you know, woke <laughs> up and then decided to look at the clock and say, oh, I got a little time, but I'll go ahead and get up and, and prep, made sure the studio was ready to go, text a couple of people to make sure that they were still on point. Uh, everybody was in there ready to go. So um, I think it just gives you some indication of the excitement everybody is having for this fall 2022 football season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, obviously, you know, you guys, uh, you know, we, we encourage you to go uh, check the content out, uh, not only on uh, Facebook, uh, but you can find it on YouTube as well. Uh, you know, a lot of great conversation with Doc, Charles, and Mike from the games. Um, but, you know, quickly, let's just rehash. What What's a big takeaway from week zero for you? What's the biggest takeaway from the from the three games or just uh, from the week zero weekend? I have three takeaways. Uh, first takeaway is first-time coach um, gets it done, Eddie Robinson, Jr. for Alabama State. They get it done in a game that um, many people look at the overall record, but they don't necessarily look at the last four years when the game has been two and two. Obviously, last year was North Carolina Central. It was a major upset in most folks with uh, in the polls that coming in had all four and top ten HBCU program, um, and uh, nobody was really thinking about Central. They did what they had to do and got that game, and then you back it up where Jackson State, uh, in many people's eyes, is upset in the celebration bowl. So everybody kind of focuses on those two games instead of looking at the matchup for the MIAC SWAC, which over the last, what, eight games, over the last four in terms of the MIAC SWAC challenge, are actually even uh, in terms of the overall play with the MIAC, which I've always tried to tell everybody that it's not really much difference between the two conferences in terms of head-to-head competition. One conferences gets a little more buzz because I think the fans just have a longer standard of history. Uh, football is just that important, whatever that's supposed to mean uh, in this area. And then there are significant rivals that help push that stuff along in terms of what that looks like. So you tend to get a little more push from the SWAC and you don't have to worry about SWAC fans bragging about themselves. That's why it fits so much with FAMU. 
when they joined in the conference, they do it as well <laughs> in their own right, which is, is a good thing. But you don't necessarily see that in the MEAC, or at least that's not the way they brag. Um, they like, you know, the wins do the talking. So in a lot of ways, they've gotten the bigger wins, the ones that we would say count on national TV, if you would. And so that's why you kind of have that lean, and that's what you saw in this matchup. A lot of people saw Howard coming back. I mean, offensively, they did a lot last year. They had people uh, excited, question mark on their defense. Obviously, um, it seemed like it kind of twisted in a different direction. The defense, if you would, kind of let them down. I mean, the defense actually stood strong, but the offense kind of let them down. They didn't perform as you well as you might have thought offensively. Um, they stumbled in terms of opportunities. And when you do that with a team that is hungry, because you got to remember, Eddie uh, Robinson Jr. stepped out there on the limb and said he wanted to uh, reset the calibration for the SWAC against Louisville. He thought that the SWAC was the preeminent conference and needed to be where it's supposed to be. And that's kind of, I mean, I would say it was feelings, but to put that out there so early, uh, that could come back to hit you in the mouth in terms of talking trash if you don't back it up. They backed it up. And, you know, the other thing in terms of that game is the quarterback play uh, by uh, Demetrius Davis. D. Davis in terms of what he did. A lot of us in Texas, you know, put that out there. We saw what he did in North Shore. You know, people in Texas have a high uh, aptitude in terms of what they believe football is, particularly at the 5 and 6A for the suburban area institutions. They put uh, a lot of money in their programs and great stadiums. So football is high, high level over here. Now, it hasn't reflected in terms of the college teams, whether that's in HBCUs or and the other historically white college universities, except for Prairie View and the run they made last year, um, you hadn't seen them rise to the level of the talent. But the talent has been going everywhere. And this quarterback went to Auburn, and everything, if you read a little bit, um, the style and how many Auburn fans really loved the guy, to me, spoke a lot. They wished him well when he left. And it was more of a coaching decision, changing of the coordinator, that the guy just wanted a different style of quarterback, a taller uh, quarterback in the pocket. So it wasn't so much about him uh, being in trouble or didn't have the ability to get on the field. It was just more of a different philosophy, which is where the portal really comes in. The other thing people don't realize is Eddie Robinson uh, still resided in Houston. He traveled around, but he resided in Houston. There was a family-friend connection between the two because actually it went down from Prairie View and uh, Alabama State, obviously Alabama State was victorious. We'll see what that means for Prairie View because they do play each other. Now Prairie View has their own Texas quarterback that went to a big time program, Duncanville, which some people saw a high school play with uh, South Oak Cliff and Duncanville. Now, that's where Travian County is from. I tried to tell a lot of uh, people there are four strong starting quarterbacks that are out of the Texas high school area, which is going to be fascinating to see what that looks like when you add in uh, Texas Southern, uh, Andrew Body, and then obviously FCS Player of the Year, Freshman Player of the Year, Shador Sanders. So fascinating when you start looking at these hidden uh, commentaries behind the scene. But to get back to the major point, that's another uh, component that I thought with his play. Just his ability to extend plays, uh, make decisions, be crisp, especially for not playing for a couple of years now. So he's only going right. to get better the more that he's on the field, the more his players, 
And as you know, Alabama State gets a lot of their players, not only from the state of Alabama, but the position players, they dig into Florida. They go over to Atlanta and Georgia. So they have skill positions. They just hadn't really had a signal caller that's been able to put it together. And now it looks like they have. Getting back to another signal caller, you got to look at FAMU in terms of Musa. I hear y'all grinning all over the place talking about the Musa's <laughs> loose. And rightfully so. Everybody thinks that FAMU was a quarterback away. Not to say nothing about um, McCain in terms of what he did. McCain, excuse me, what he did last year. But he missed just a little something. And I'm sure he's going to get better. So the fact that you might even have multiple quarterbacks uh, with the ability to play some games should be interesting. But when you talk about Musa going 28 for 38, 279, 7.3 carries against a very strong defensive front from North Carolina, uh, they're going to be in the mix in the ACC, two touchdowns and one interception. Uh, he looked relatively strong, and he's going to need that going up against a very good defensive side of the ball in Jackson State. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many of those players will be able to become eligible uh, next week as the paperwork is completed, which is a whole nother discussion. We can talk about that maybe later. And then, obviously, when we talk about our mid-majors, I think the statement that Florida Memorial made, especially the way they jumped out on Everwater, a lot of people were excited coming into the season thinking what Everwater's would do. Now they lost the athletic director, but still, head coach is there. Uh, but when you put all that together, I think people had the edge for Everwater. Now they were on the road. Florida Memorial just talked all that noise, heard all that noise talk all year long, uh, and they made sure that they let them know that they're not playing in Miami Gardens down there in Dade County, they locked up to talk about. I saw speed all over the field, which was amazing when you talk about that. So it should be an interesting season for both those programs. But shout out to the coaching staff of Florida Memorial and the president, Jafus Hadrick. You know, it's something about that Jafus first name that I like. He uses two F, I use one, but we're kindred spirit, and he does know the family. So shout out and congratulations on the win. Those are the things that stood out for me yesterday in week zero. Nice, nice. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, Dr. Cavill, yeah. we, we, we talk football with anybody, but you're the only one who we allow to talk bands with because of the marching sport poll that you – that you uh, have put out over the last couple of years, which is why I specifically played the Florida A&M piece. Well, not really why I played it, but anyway, that's, that's the story. <laughs> that's my story. And I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, exactly. But, uh, I like but, uh, you, you were at the battle of the bands yesterday there in Houston. For those who did not catch your, uh, show this morning, kind of recap, the Battle of the Bands, the atmosphere, the actual on-field competition, and everything else that went on around that uh, event there. Credit to Deborah Weber. Uh, he's the CEO of Weber Marketing. Um, he's put this together. It goes back to Charlotte. He's found a partnership in the city of Houston, and they love their bands around here, uh, everywhere from um, high school, some of them even junior high. Uh, but you saw all types of family. Um, he has it priced relatively right. Uh, great venue, obviously, NRG Stadium. And last year, it was basically on one side. He's opened it up. So tickets, when you went um, to Ticketmaster to check, 
uh, at about four o'clock, four fifteen or so, the bottom ring was sold out to give you some indication. And when you looked in there, um, you can see about how many people is that? Not to be cut you off. Huh? About how many people is in that bottom ring? Do you have any kind of general idea? Uh, it's it's it feels about forty, but you got to remember when I say sold out, it's 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 com- pretty much full from sideline to sideline. They put the bands in the end zone. Um, okay. So they didn't sell out. So you probably lose about ten, fifteen thousand right there. Yeah. So you probably had about twenty five uh, thousand in twenty, twenty two, twenty five in the lower ring, and then okay, most of the upper ring that they were selling for, um, it was online sold out. Now it wasn't what you would call a traditional sold out, meaning butts in every seat. But in terms of what they were selling, sick so. So I believe there were probably every bit of forty some thousand. Uh, people in there to watch this event. It looked really good. Uh, Bethune-Cookman took the house. Uh, they brought it. I know that's a little challenge. Y'all know they're good, but uh, you're not as excited about me talking about the marching moves. <laughs> Wildcats, as other folks are, right? And that's respect. I understand it. But you just asked me what I saw. There. They took the show. They showed out, did what they had to do. They had the house. Um, there was a section in there, and I look at my son. And I get a lot of it from my son because he's not really as biased. You know, what gets him, gets him excited, gets him excited. And he recognized really early because I kind of pointed in the corner and there were folks in the section, uh, upper deck level, where they put on their phones and had the lights like you at the concert. When you see that, you had a section. It wasn't more than two or three minutes later where people picked on it. So the other side must have been doing it. And so the receptive side started doing it as well and before you knew it the whole side uh just about every other person i'll put it that way had their lights on and doing it and swaying to the music that they were playing when they played these chords so they got uh really got fans in there played music that folks galvanized to and worked um you talk about southern they're always strong they do what they do in terms of the big time bands with a long history and sound, and they have that brass. So having a sound is not a problem with Southern. And they know how to exercise that and make sure they take advantage of it. So you hear them, not only do they march really well, uh, but in the stands, they're going to bring it. And that's where I would say that they did an excellent job in terms of the music selection and what they did in the sand. In terms of what they did on the field was solid. Um, I would say it was a step below uh, Bethune-Cookman. The other program that got a lot of house was Prairie View. And Prairie View's come from a long way, and it's one what many people would call a hidden gem. If you go west of the Mississippi, one of the best bands you're going to hear people talk about is Prairie View. And folks east of that Mississippi don't really realize that. But they get a lot of house around this. If they ever get to travel a little more, uh, I'm sure they get more respect. When they went to the Honda Battle of the Bands before COVID, uh, they shocked everybody in Atlanta and brought in the house. Well, they did it in Houston. Um, they had an introduction that was second to none. They go with the PV, you know, and it was resonated in there. Even uh, other folks that were looking around, there would happen to be a guy that sat in front of me that was a Southern uh, band person because he had an old Southern shirt that he put on. He kind of shook his head and dropped his head when Prairie was playing because he understood that they brought the house. And that's when I knew that Prairie was up there. Um, so that was pretty good. In terms of the smaller bands that I have to give some respect to, is Kentucky State. For a smaller band, 
not as um, known, they continue to wreck shop and upset folks. So that Kentucky State band did it. I love the way they have the black suits, jackets, but a green you know, hat uh, to signify that they were representing Kentucky State. They were really good. Some honorable mentions have to be um, Alcorn. They did really well in terms of what they did there. And so I would put them in my honorable mentions. Uh, but you had A&T there. I was surprised. They didn't do as well as I thought. They had a nice show and represented Houston, but it just didn't seem to resonate with the crowd. Um, you had ground in there. They were pretty sharp, uh, but um, not to what you see in terms of what Gramlin can uh, perform. Certainly is the world-renowned band. They just didn't resonate at a level um, that caught my eye and I heard with the crowd. And that's what we do that's different in the marching sports. It's all about wins and losses. You know, if you're going to call yourself a sport, which you got people talking about HBC marching sports, you have to talk about the fact there's going to be wins and there's going to be losses. So in terms of the Alabama State Howard game, everybody that I indicated, and, and I had, saw some of the footage from back door, I have to say, the Hornets do it again. And they probably were one of the um, most recognized bands that jumped up in the poll last year to surprise a lot of people because they went down to FAMU and got a little house. And nobody goes, nobody goes in to Tallahassee and get out. So you got to give them credit. So they continue to bring it. Um, and so you got to do that. But that Florida Memorial and Edward Waters, I think Florida Memorial won it on both sides. They won the band as well as the game. So you got to give credit for another one of the mid-major bands. So it'll be interesting to see. What the voters come in, but that's kind of what I saw. That's what I'll leave with. But we'll see what the voters say. We'll see what the numbers say. But again, the difference in the band uh, marching sport that we put out there, it's not just going to be a fan participation. Just because you got a lot of fans around the country that like your band, that's not going to work for us. <laughs> one thing that you got to do, you got to have participation. You got to march. You got to travel. You got to have competition. This is sports. You just can't sit up in the stands by yourself and play your music at all, okay? And just because you big and cover up the whole field and got a large sound, a lot of brass, that don't mean anything in terms of competition. You got to bring it. You got to bring it on Saturday, on the field, at halftime, zero quarter, fifth quarter. You got to put your feet up. You got to blow the horns. You got to have a dance of winning. You got to get some W. Wins, losses, and we call it like we see it. Preach, Doc. Preach. Hey, that look, that's that's how great that that competition is. Now, look, this is where we got to get to. I, I hope this, you know, last year you kind of caught people because they're like, what is this thing Doc's doing? What is this competition thing? I hope this inspires bands to put out, oh, put their schedule out. Uh-oh, when is the band? Because a lot of times, look, we really don't know. We kind of, because I look, I, I know this from the Florida A&M when we ask Kofi all the time. Kofi is 100 traveling and Kofi will be like, yes or no, why? But look, with other bands, look, we want a schedule. Is like, look, okay, I'm, I'm looking. I want to know when you're Thank going you. on the road. Thank you. you. Like, yes. Tell these folks. I yes. don't know. Alabama yes. A&M is coming to the Honda Valley Band. They're going to the National Battle of the Band. They're going to Mississippi Valley. Southern are going to Jackson. I want to know. Prairie View going up for the State Fair Classic. The Ocean of Soul is going to face Southern, the human jukebox in Arlington. I want matchups between the bands. All this single band cheerleading, all this excitement that you coming to your home game. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to cheer on your football team, your basketball team. 
That's not nothing for me to get excited about. You tell me when you bring in another band, are you traveling so that band can reciprocate next year? That's what I want to see. If you're not traveling, I don't care how much expense it is. Go talk to your administrators and tell them to do some fundraising. Get the money. Get on the road and get some competition. Well, well mm. said, Doc. Well said. We we gotta we gotta make sure we we stay a, we stay a week. We gotta keep stay ahead of this, Drew, and be paying attention to these matchups because we gotta call folks out. We gotta, we gotta start calling people out two weeks in advance, you know. So we need already. There's a week one's coming up. We need to be looking at week two and three right now and saying, okay, coming up in week two, where where are those HBCU matchups at? You know, I know, Doc, you already mentioned the Jackson State-Tennessee State matchup. Um, you know, this this week, let's see, we talk about the band matchups. This week we've got, uh, of course, we've got Howard Hampton. We've got uh, Texas Labor Southern Day Preview. Classic. Labor Day Classic, right? You've got A&T Central. That's a matchup, and then you got FAMU, uh, Jackson State, the hundred versus the Boom. So, uh, y'all so uh, y'all also gonna have uh, Tuskegee, Florida, uh, Fort Valley, and the yep, Red Tails Classic. Fort Valley, yep, the Red Tails Classic. Major matchup. Um, I think we also have. Let's see. Uh, how about Delaware State, Lincoln, PA? You know, I mean that. that I don't that's know if a, both bands. Are both bands gonna be there? I don't know, but see, that's what we're talking about. That's that's what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about bands being there, right? We need to let us know. Uh, Are they going to show up uh, or not? Exactly. uh, Winston-Salem State versus uh, Central State. That's happening in Canton, Ohio. Are both bands going to be there? You know, uh, Edward Waters. Usually with a classic uh, like that, you're going to get both bands. Right, right. You know, that. but that's what what we want to see, though. UAPB plays... uh, Who's uh, uh, Lane. Lane? Is that Lane? Lane. Yeah, Lane. Yeah. So Alabama State and Miles. How about that one? That'll be a interesting one as well. So you uh, get Master, both fans Master. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, week week one's coming up, Doc. Um, let, let's 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 look ahead at this Labor Day Classic. Uh, Charles Edmund was talking and breaking it down for us that we look. I, I, this game is going to be at Prairie View. So uh, give the folks a little bit of the the history. Obviously, you got ties to both schools, graduated from one, working at the other. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what's you sitting on the 50-yard line or or which way you're going to, you know, you're going to sit on one seat on one side of the 50 and another seat on the other side of the 50. You know, but uh, break this game down. What, what should we be paying attention to as this game goes down this Saturday? Be real. Dr. Yeah, Bebeer probably going to sit on the paycheck side. <laughs> no, I actually, at Prairie View, uh, I'll, I'll be up front with you. Prairie View, I actually have a suite, unfortunately. Um, and so I do I do a suite. When I'm at Texas Southern, I get to share the suite uh, with the uh, athletic director, Dr. Kevin Granger, um, who I've done a lot of work with. So he blesses me with seats in there. So uh, I spoil, Deuce is spoiled. I don't think he knows what a traditional seat is in the the basketball game, he's court side uh, for both, whether it's Prairie View, Texas Southern, he sits on the court uh, seat, so he thinks that's what you're supposed to you're do. You're ruining it. You think that's normal. You're supposed to be in a suite or on the thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's ruining But I want him Spoiling to understand him. That, that privilege in terms of HBCUs um, can have the same type of atmosphere and nice uh, niceties True. that you can get in terms of any level, professional or professional. 
what we call the power five. So it's a purpose between me doing it. And I'm fortunate to have the financial means to be able to make that happen. So we go in there. Uh, but to your point, um, uh, the, the, the game was uh, at Prairie View since 2016. So it's funny when I hear people talk about thinking the game is still uh, in what was the Astrodome NRG Stadium. It hadn't been there in like 2009 in a long time because it was actually when these stadiums were getting built, um, both in terms of where the, the Texas Southern University plays the game, which used to be Compass BBVA, Compass Stadium, and now it's PNG. Uh, when that was being built, they were playing in high school. Uh, for those games and things of that nature. So it's come a long way full circle when it used to be in Robinson Stadium. Um, you had a long streak by Texas Southern uh, that won some 20-some games, Prairie View. That's when they had the non-scholarship days and stuff like that. So people at Texas Southern got spoiled. They would go to the game, and the biggest thing you were looking for to see maybe if Prairie View would score. Uh, and certainly the <laughs> halftime in terms of that battle was significant because that's where you would get your bragging points. Uh, later, Prairie View totally turned it and they've won like 12 of the last 13 games, you know, three or four straight, uh, six out of the last seven, you know, something ridiculous where it's totally turned where Prairie View has won all these games. Uh, but the game is played on the home stadium and people were, uh, forget that BBVA Compass Stadium PNG now where the Houston Dynamo and Dash play is actually the home stadium for Texas Southern University. So that's why when the game is a Texas Southern game, it's played there. Uh, when it's a Prairie View game, they play it at the home Panther Stadium, which it will be played this year. And that goes back to 2016 for when Prairie View played there and opened up the stadium uh, to that year. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, I'm fascinating to see what uh, Andrew Body is going to do. I have no question offensively he should be solid. Now, Prairie View quietly kept have – Eight players coming back on defense. Uh, no, nine players actually coming back on defense. Obviously, they lost Dumas. And they lost the big-time cornerback. Uh, but they have a lot of players that have started some games here and there. So, essentially, they have nine. And they have eight coming back on offense. Now, that doesn't include the quarterback. I snuck him in a little bit earlier. It's Trazon Connolly, who has, it has started. He just hasn't been able to grab the role. But he is 7-1 as a starter, which surprises a lot of folks. Um, so that's going to be fascinating. So he has a lot of confidence. Can he get it done on that field? I think Bubba is going to try to run the ball a little more. Uh, see if he can tire the defensive down, run out the clock, and keep Andrew Body on the sideline. And that's probably the question of the day. What is Texas Southern defense going to look like? Um, that's the big question that everybody's talked about over the last year. Can Texas Southern change the corner in regards to moving from a – solid team, particularly offensively, to a good team that is in contention. I have them third, so I have them getting this game, finally getting it done, but I think it will be close, so don't be surprised if Prairie View finds a way to keep up the streak. But the problem with this game is some coach is going to be on the hot seat. If it's Texas Southern, yep. it's really going to be hot because you're talking about a coach that has been there four years and hasn't been able to be Prairie View and hasn't come anywhere close to a winning season. Coach McKinley knows that, and so he's going to go down there seeking to get the, t uh, the trophy with Andrew Body. They've been really getting it done in terms of the offseason. A lot of uh, leadership from Andrew Body has on the wide receivers there, and they have a pretty solid offensive line. So 
that side of the ball shouldn't be a problem, but then you go to the defensive side and see what they can get done against Prairie View. So I'm fascinating there when you talk about Bubba McDowell, who is one of the, another one of those coaches with, that played at the professional level. Um, he's been homegrown in terms of staying in Houston. Got his start, oddly enough, as a volunteer at Texas Southern University. Um, and then finally came on the staff at Prairie View. Um, hasn't been a, co- a coordinator on either side of the ball, but he has been assistant head coach and right under the head coach. So you would think he's got a lot of experience there, but that's the big question mark. A lot of newness for Prairie View, including the athletic director, Dr. Reed, you know, uh, first time being an uh, uh, athletic director, first time head coach, uh, basically first time offensive coordinators. So can they continue the trajectory that you see for Prairie View, which has had a winning season uh, over the last couple of years, you know, five out of the last seven years. So they've been solid right at the 1,200 month. They really got over the hump last year. Uh, but a lot of players for Prairie View have a lot to prove. They feel the coach kind of left them, and a lot of people disrespect them in terms of what they get done. And so that's another fascinating thing about these players. And players can make coaches look really good, especially when they play with a chip on their shoulder. And that's what you'll see from the Panthers. Yeah, the the storylines, I mean, this is – there aren't too many times when you have a team that went 2-8 and eight last year going up against uh, the division champs of a year ago that are 7-5 and five and have so many juicy storylines. I mean, we, we, look, I, I know in the, in the SWAC, in, in the SWAC nation, the FAMU Jackson State will get a lot of the attention, but I tell you, this is a game that – uh, deserves and for a lot of the, those points you just brought up were all great. I mean, it was pretty much where I was thinking and, and going earlier. Um, all of those storylines are just staring both teams in the face uh, going into this game. You right so, on the money with that, especially for Texas Southern, because game four is against Southern. So you think about this: by week five, Texas Southern could be two and zero oh in the Western Division and surprises everybody. You'll know really early where Texas Southern stands in this league. Yep, that that was one of the things that uh, I, when I did my matrix, I actually I actually like uh, Texas Southern early in the season. The the I, I like them in the first four to five weeks versus the last four to five weeks. I'll just I'll just say that, but I but I think <laughs> I'll just put it out there like that. But preview will be interesting to see. You know, can a quarterback? And like I said, the the, the fact we've already seen what two quarterbacks, two new quarterbacks do. And how they excite the fan base, Alabama State, FAMU. Uh, can a new quarterback at Prairie View, what can he do to excite with so many? I mean, look, when you got that many returners coming back, Dot, you know, people are talking championships. But obviously, new coach, you know, uh, a, a different direction. So uh, let, let's go through a couple you of picks right. here. When you talk about the Prairie View faithful, they believe that they should be back in the championship game. They think a couple of plays last year and they win the championship game and they're in Atlanta. So you can't tell me any oh, of the Prairie sure. fans uh, much. They think that people are sleeping on them. And so it's going to be interesting to see uh, can the football team and the coach deliver what the fans believe they rightfully should have. Right. Uh, let me go through a few picks with you, Doc. Obviously, you have every right to change your opinion because you get you have two shows coming on this week. So obviously, as more intel throughout the course of the week comes out, you have. Uh, I'm not. We're not going to hold you to anything that you say here uh, because obviously things change over the course of the week, uh, and, and folks can tune in 
the Doc Show and, and catch the latest update on these picks. So we'll go with just the major SWAT games. FCS. We'll go to these top five games. And we'll start on Thursday with Alabama A&M traveling to UAB, uh, 8 p.m. kickoff, 7 Central on CBS Network. Can Alabama A&M go on the road and get the win? No, I don't believe they'll go on the road to get the win, but I think it'll be closer than the projected finish. And we'll get an indication again to see where the quarterback is. I think both quarterbacks are expected to play. So we'll see if somebody can kind of nail down the job that looks better than the other one. I also want to see a little bit about that defense. You know, that total defense changed out. Um, how would they play and how would they look? It'll be interesting to see early. Do you see that team kind of gelling and being able to do what they want to do defensively, which gives you a whole different picture of what the Alabama A&M Bulldogs could be if they have a defense. Because offensively, I think they'll find a way to get that done. Obviously, you won't get the same production of glass, but there's many ways to win the game, and I think you'll see a little more balance, which is really what uh, Coach um, likes to do over there. But I would have to go with uh, UAB to win the game at home, especially on a Thursday night. Also on Thursday night, Mississippi Valley State, four and six a year, traveling to Tarleton, who's three and five from a year ago, uh, just transitioned into FCS. That's an eight Eastern, seven Central on ESPN Plus. Uh, can battle one of the FCS newbies. Yeah, when you talk about Tarleton, uh, they were a very solid Division Two. For those folks that are closer to and uh, not out of Texas, it's, remember what you see with the uh, uh, Delta State, uh, Valdosta State. They're, they're that type of team out of Texas that tends to go pretty far, uh, win what they did in Division Two, and go deep into the tournament. So this is a team that has had a lot of influx of money uh, in this program as they move to FCS. There's even some talk that they're trying to go FBS. They give you some indication in just how much money and influx is winning that program. The fact that this game is a road game from Valley is what gives them more problems. Uh, don't take Tarleton State lightly just because they moved in FCS. This is a team that uh, provided some upsets last year at the FCS level in terms of what they were doing uh, in the WAC, uh, uh, as well as the um, uh, conference over there. Um, I, I slip in the name when you talk about. Uh, Sam Houston State, and, and as they left um, the mm-hmm. conference over there uh, with uh, McNeese State and all the Southland, the Southland I'm thinking about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, mixing it up there. But I think I would have to go with Tarleton just in terms of what that looks like. Um, they're going to be pretty solid. They're going to be punching their weight, trying to get into the top 25 and things of that nature. Um, so keep your eyes on Tarleton State. As I believe they'll pull out the victory. You'll see some plays where you're going to um, look at Mississippi Valley State. They'll continue to be strong on defense. And what will happen is Tarleton will pull away late in the game, and the score will be worse than uh, what you indicated in terms of how the game is played overall. Mm. Um, another matchup uh, against a historically white college. you got Grambling with a 4-7 and seven record from a year ago, taking on Arkansas State, who was 2-10 and 10, uh, a year ago. That game is 7 Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN3. The debut of Hugh Jackson. Doc, what do you think? Can he pull it off? Can they? Can uh, the Tigers, Grambling, pull off an upset? If you call it an upset. No, no, no. It would be an upset. That's, Arkansas State is an FBS program. 
And we don't give credit what it means to have those extra five scholarships. Even you got a two or ten team. Now, this is the type of game that could be upset. I look for Grambling if they can keep, keep, get things going and they get a quarterback that surprises everybody. And that's still what we don't know, and that's the unknown. But going in there and not having the unknown until you see the quarterback, it's hard to come in there and say that you see the upset coming. Is this a game that could be in that manner? I would say yes. But realistically, uh, to me, you have to give this to Arkansas State. Being at home, um, another year under the belt for the coach up there, uh, what they got to do, I think, um, with those extra scholarships, I have to give the edge to Arkansas State. Grambling again will play tough. You'll see some good movement. I'd like to see if we're going to find out anything about the quarterback. This is another one of those games that you talked about, like we saw this past weekend, where you see Prairie View, Trey's on. Can he grab the role and um, really uh, do things as a quarterback? You'll see that here as well. Whoever the Grambling decides to start, and that's what we're looking at, before we even make a decision in terms of the upset, we got to know who they're going to play, who 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 is going to uh, get the job. You know, we've heard rumors in terms of what that looks like, but until you hear it, I, I can't go with Grambling as of yet uh, as much as I hate to do it, uh, but I think you have to go with Arkansas State in terms of the Wolves getting it done uh, in those matchups at this point. And as you said, I don't have a problem giving the scores on this show because – I'm the host on the show that I do Tuesday and Thursday. This is the first time you get a prediction. So that's why people are probably shocked because they're like, that is real calling the shot. I usually just sit back and, uh, you know, take the host role. And I, I don't provide, I just ask you why you're doing that, pick fun at you. But I don't have to give it. But now I'm on the hot seat. So what the hell? There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, okay. Alcorn uh, State is hosting. Stephen F. Austin. Now, we saw Stephen F. Austin get mollywopped uh, on national TV, and now they're traveling to Alcorn State, and uh, Alcorn State has that uh, home winning streak. And uh, as uh, Charles Edmond told us in the last segment, you know, Doc, so far you've been 0, you've been 0 for 3 uh, with, with uh, HBCUs. Uh, is Alcorn State, can they win that home game against Stephen F. Austin? What do you think? I like this because they're at home. That's a tough place to play. Um, those that have been familiar with the SWAT and know that, as y'all are coming into the SWAT, you start to see and hear, you know, just how tough it is to go in the Brave Nation uh, and get it done down there. Uh, Stephen F. Austin uh, did not look very strong, not like a top 10 program uh, going in there. A lot of people are trying to attribute to the fact that Jacksonville State made the move to FBS. Uh, but um, they are unlike what you saw with James Madison that actually jumped in there and asked for the FBS process. So they basically a year ahead in terms of moving it, uh, unlike what you see with Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State, which are basically a year behind in regards to the petition time where they started to go FBS. But once you declare you're in that role and you're going to be de-eligible for FCS playoffs and poll rankings for some groups, that is, and most of the conferences are not going to make you eligible for the conference. So be careful about those that tell you that Jacksonville State was playing with all this FBS. Now, obviously, they were able to recruit from that benefit, but most of that recruiting was already done. So when you really look at the timeline of what that is, now they might have got a couple of transfers to help with that. Um, but uh, Stephen F. Austin struggled mightily in that game. So I think there's a chance there. Now, the challenge you have is the fact that now a coach gets to come back and make some corrections. Um 
that is not the case for Alcorn, and they're breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, uh, arguably a pretty strong, but this is another indication where we're going to get the measure to see where Alcorn is in quarterback. In terms of the defensive side of the ball, they're going to be stingy. They're bringing in a new coach, but it's a coach that is coming back uh, that uh, all indications tell us that that brave defense is back to being even more stingy than it is in the past, and that's what they're going to need to do in this uh, game. Uh, Stephen F. Austin is going to try to run the ball uh, and then open it up for the pass. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Braves can do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this is the game where I will give the nod to the HBC program in terms of sweat. Stephen F. Austin finding a way to get it done in a close game. Uh, but And they'll pull away a little late uh, to make it more comfortable. Uh, but they'll find a way to get this done against Stephen F. Austin. There you go. Uh, just a couple more here, Doc. Uh, I, I, I don't want to leave out the folks in North Carolina. The uh, the Duke's Mayo Classic, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central. I, I want to bring that because significance of that game, uh, I, I think I – is it the 100th meeting between these two teams? Yeah. Uh, I think I had – 100 meeting between the two teams playing – uh, it'd be interesting if you really look at what is that number when both teams are at the FCS level. Remember, they played a lot of years where A&T dominated against Central, but that was when Central was Division Two, except for the couple of years right. when Broadway was over there when he brought a national championship to the Eagles uh, when he beat A&T and went down to Southern and beat them too, where they just mollywopped everybody and had one <laughs> of those magical years. Well, guess who was the coordinator of that team? Uh, he is now the head coach. Uh, and so... Um, he has a pulse on that team. This is a team uh, that kind of stubbed their feet, had some up and downs, uh, but they were a couple of plays away for actually winning the MEAC last year and going back to the, the Celebration Bowl and being one of the first teams that started in Atlanta and ended in Atlanta in regards to uh, getting that upset over all form. Uh, they have a solid quarterback, uh, and Central is usually really good when they have a quarterback that's been there a year in the city and is taking that next step. So, surprisingly, I have Central Eagles, um, uh, to the dismay of many of those Aggies out there, I have the Eagles getting run against the Aggies. And, boy, it's going to get ugly in North Carolina A&T if that happens. But Because uh, most of the fans are believing that the Aggies are going to tend to do what they do against the Eagles and beat them, which is funny to me because or other than the last couple of years, that game has kind of went back and forth depending on who was the home team because they moved that game back similar to what you saw with Texas Southern and Prairie View. They used to play at a neutral uh-huh. site, play it as a classic, but when they uh, moved and Central moved into the MEAC, they mostly went back to a home and away, and mostly the home uh, team would win that game, particularly over the last uh, five, six, seven years uh, when they were playing in that format. Uh, so I'm fascinated to see about this matchup. I'm certainly going to be uh, watching it and finding a way to keep up with the scores, if you would. But I'm going with the Eagles to get it done uh, in terms of that, that game. Hey, how about the fact that this game will be played in that in that uh, stadium there? I don't, I don't know what it used to be called, the Bank of America Stadium for the Panthers. I don't know what sponsor has it now. But it potentially could be the largest and most attended Aggie Eagle Classic because neither one of I mean the uh, Aggies have a stadium that seats just around 20 maybe a little over 20 or a little under 20 um, North Carolina Central Stadium is is a little bit less than than that so if you get 30 35,000 that show up because look hey 
everyone hadn't been able to go. So now this is the year when every Eagle, every Aggie in the state should be going to Charlotte and going to this game. Imagine that you get 40,000, 45,000. I mean, that's going to look great. So I, I hope the folks show up. I hope I hope they show up because those two schools uh, really, really will benefit from 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 the eyes on that game. Not only the eyes in the stands, but the eyes on TV. Uh, that's a 7.30 Eastern kickoff, uh, 6.30. I don't have any TV listing for that one. And uh, just to go back, uh, Alcorn State, uh, Charles told us that game will actually be on Alcorn State's uh, broadcast network, which you can go, I think, on their website. It is pay-per-view. You can you can watch that game on theirs because uh, it will not be on ESPN as originally thought. Last game for you, Doc, and then we let you out of here. Yeah, before Orange you Blossom. end that, uh, oh, I do want to uh, say, as you said, uh, and to you, Brian, I agree with you, that this was a game, as I said, was a neutral site, and they would get up to 30. But the last couple of years, uh, again, Central was still Division two, so A&T started a win streak, and the attendance was going down. And so that's kind of one of the reasons they just uh, uh, brought it back to campus as they moved up. But the early sales says that basically the lower bowl uh, has been sold out. Um, Whoa. So it's my understanding that they've already sold like 30-some thousand pre-sales. Um, so to your point, that there should easily be 40-some thousand people in there. And it makes sense if you think about it. A lot of Central yeah. fans believe this is the year. Um, obviously, South Carolina State, for most people, were picked to win the MEAC, but uh, those that are not, many people are looking for North Carolina Central to get it done, and so they're right in the mix. Um, in terms of the Big South, everybody's thinking North Carolina A&T is having a bounce-back year, and they're going to win it. So you got two teams that are picked to be at the top of their conference that are going to clash and fight it all that haven't met in this type of matchup in regards to a, a – Central location, so I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see not only the game, but the fans there to celebrate and see what the tenants look like. And I think they've been doing really good marketing. And at this point, all indications say that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great attended event. Nice. Nice. All right, last one is the OBC. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 in Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, FAMU, Jackson State, the OBC remix. Uh, it should be noted, historically, what's always what's interesting, 61 and 62, that's 1961, 1962, was the two years that FAMU and Jackson State first played in the OBC. Jackson State won the first meeting. FAMU won the second meeting. Fast forward 60 years later, Jackson State wins the first meeting last last year well you know i don't know history will it repeat itself so doc what are your thoughts famu jackson state man i hate to say this to my famu guys out there no not not so fast let me let me tease it out a little bit (laughs) in terms of jackson state um they have reloaded and what many people says, which is scary to me, because I keep hearing this indication that some of the players they had on defense that were starting are now running on the third team, including some of the wide receivers. So the depth is supposed to be there. So it's fascinating to see how much of that is just, you know, fan talk or whatever. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of anticipation in this matchup in this game. 
in terms of that. The big question, obviously, for FAMU is now that they found a quarterback, but how many of the players are they going to get back and get eligible, particularly on the defensive side of the ball? You see that FAMU has heart. That's never been a problem with a FAMU rally team. If, and if they don't play with heart, obviously the coach is gone, and you're going to get rid of a lot of those players too. You know, the rally of faithful is not going to stand for that. So that team uh, showed you what the legacy is in terms of strike, strike, strike again. When they went up to North Carolina Central, the question is, is um, heart is only going to take you so far and so long before attrition really sits in. So that's my biggest point in this game. Until I get more information in regards to which players are going to be back, I'm going to have to lean to Jackson State. Uh, but I am fascinated in this matchup in terms of what it's going to look like. I think you got two teams that are going to play uh, uh, back and forth. I certainly believe it's going to be more high scoring than it was last year. But as the, many of the Jackson State people think that they're going to blow FAMU away, I think they're kidding themselves and they're going to be nervous if they're not careful talking about how they're just going to blow out this team. I think it's going to be a close one, and Jackson State is going to find a way uh, to pull late. I like what EA says to pick them, uh, but you got me on the show, and I don't get paid to do pick them, so I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to say Jackson State uh, get it done uh, by a late field goal in this matchup. Man, it's, it's it's all right, Doc. You know, we we understand. We understand. No offense, Doc, yeah. but if it comes down to a field goal, you know, Florida A&M has the best kicker in the conference. So you may want to reconsider that one before you go back on your show on Tuesday. Just throwing it out there at you. No, we just need Jose to Romo block. Martinez. So we we just need to line the block for him. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't get a block. A block. A block field goal is the big. Hey, a block field goal is the difference. In that game from last year, that block field goal that Fanny had at the end. No, no, it was a block field goal. No, it was a block field goal. goal. That's correct. Field goal to win it. They had a block. Yes. They had a missed field goal earlier that would have had the game tied at the time, but they had a chance to win it. People forget late, and that was a block field goal that they couldn't get done. Um, um, And I believe that uh, a field goal would be a difference in this game late uh, in terms of the Rattlers um, going down to the Tigers of Jackson State. Yeah, that game is going to be on ESPN2. And then I uh, appreciate my guy from the Things Up podcast who uh, said that the North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central game, that's going to be on ESPN3. So that game will be on the ESPN networks. I just didn't have uh, the uh, have that on my sheet. Hey, uh, you, uh, you guys be on the lookout. Uh, we're going to be doing a – we're going to be putting more information out. We're going to have a picks contest among the uh, HBCUF cs level teams and so hopefully the picks contest and fe- uh, featuring everyone and all the shows part of the bcsn and you guys will get a chance to kind of pick as well so we're gonna do this is one of those things doc where what we like to say we like to do top fives around here so everyone will get a chance to kind of pick your your five you, you know you, you you pick the five games and then hopefully you go five and oh that's the nature to be so if you don't go five and oh that's because you picked the wrong game. So, you know, that's how that's going to be. Uh, we're going <laughs> to, you know, so we're going to let people know more about that here uh, in the upcoming days. Uh, we'll get with you. Uh, you may you may end up breaking the news on it on Tuesday, but we're going to drop that out on the Facebook page. So if you're not already signed up on the uh, Sports Wrap Facebook page, 
uh, please make sure you do that. Uh, Doc, appreciate your time this I evening. I see you got Avis Heath out there. Uh, let me give a shout out to Avis. He's one of the biggest Jack State fans out there. Um, and boy, uh, don't go, don't talk noise to Avis. He, he's not the one to play with. Let me just tell y'all folks, don't play with that guy. He's the wrong one. But with that being said, Avis, <laughs> hey, I know the block was in the first half. I said they field goal, man. They blocked. They lost the game because they got blocked early. They would have won. Hey, he he wasn't the one out there telling people that uh, Jackson State was going to put up forty on us. Was it? it wasn't him? Was it? Oh yeah. I just want to make sure because somebody's. You, you got to look through that. You got to look past. Okay. That. Avis is letting you okay. fall in his trap. Don't do that. <laughs> Avis is on the other board with the, with the pregame show. His uh, the uh, fourteen hundred club. He back there kicking the knowledge. He breaking down oh. players, position. This man oh. is a scientist on his Jack State type. When he come out here, he the madman. Y'all being fooled. He setting you up for the failure, getting you in that oak and dope, and gonna reel you in. That ain't that ain't Avis. I'm telling you. Let the sleeping tiger do his crouch and all that stuff. Don't get into that. He gonna bite you. I got he gonna you. Get you. I got. You. Got you. You know, we uh, snakes. We like to roll around in the grass, though, Doc. That's the problem. You know, we <laughs> we like to move in the grass on folks. What up, man? So, yeah, hey, uh, Doc. Uh, your show Tuesday, Thursday night coming up, uh, seven p.m. Eastern, six Central. Doc, Charles, Mike. Who knows? You might see Drew. You might see me. Who knows? Uh, but uh, if, if uh, the gang is, if the guys are all there, then uh, you know it's the it's the three professors uh, with Doc leading the class. So make sure you guys get into the lab, and uh, should be a good week. Should be a good week here. Lots of fun. Um, <laughs> I love the comments. Oh, I tell you, I know, I know the, the comments. I'm telling you, man, keep keep them going. Hey, uh. You know, we'll give you some major uh, classic game of the week. We're going to give you the conference game of the week, Mad Swag matchup. We do SIECCIAA. Uh, we mix that all in. We're going to give you the top 10 poll rankings, what that looks like. We give you the marching sport top 10. So if you want uh, the banner and want to be inside that news, come on and check us out on Tuesday and Thursday, and then we wrap it on a Sunday and let you know who was right, who was wrong, who's crying, who's hot. Uh, which coach got to go, who gets to stay. We'll talk all that on Sunday uh, to make sure that you can either uh, go to work on Monday uh, with your head held high or you're going to be ducking down there and talking about, uh, well, wait till this week. I see. And, and I see your boy. There he is. I, already started. I, I if they lost, they quiet as a mouse. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, look. Uh, don't go anywhere because on the other side, Drew and I, we're breaking out. We're going to give you our top five. It's picks time from Drew and me coming up on the other side. Doc, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Hang tight. Give us thank two you. minutes, and we're coming right back. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. Thank you, guys. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's, it's the, the pregame. pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. There's a shot. So it might be. It could be. Right yeah. field. Clam slam. What a shot. That's how you get hot, young fella. Thank you, guys, for what you do for HBC fantastic avenue for, for for all of us this is our espn so we we we, we love what you guys do and all you guys at bcsn we really appreciate what it is that you got you guys do for us. follow the black college sports network on social media at my bcsn one the number one on facebook instagram and twitter at my bcsn one Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Follow the Black College Sports Network. Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead. 
because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Download the mobile app now. Let's get back to show. Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew here. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Apple Play, Store, Apple Play Store. Excuse me, just search MyJBN or MyBCSN. It's picks time. Drew, what the, uh, what, okay, so what is our official record after week zero? Where, where are we at? How did you do? How did I do? How you did? Well, let's, let's go ahead and get the bad news out the way. I went 0-3. Yep. Oh. I picked Howard over Alabama yep. State. Took that so L. did I. That's a loss. Yep. I picked uh, Edward Waters over Florida Memorial. And uh, I took the oh, – go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think you took uh, uh, Florida Memorial and the points. I did, because I think you said it was like 11, and 11, I took Florida right. Memorial, but I, but I had, if we're going straight up, I had Edward Waters, so I'm I'm 0-2 straight up. Okay. And the last one was uh, North Carolina, Florida A&M. Uh, we both took that one. I took the, I took the over with North Carolina. You took the under Ching. with North Carolina. No, wait so, a minute. Took the and, under. And, what are you talking about? Why did I take the under? I'm sorry. You took Florida A&M never, and the points. You took Florida A&M. Yeah. And the okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I've sorry, been saying since. Under. Yeah. I'm the, sorry. the original. I, I had that backwards. I took North Carolina and uh, minus the points. You took Florida A&M plus the points. Oh, so okay. So I'm one and two. You're zero oh and three. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I like that. I like that. And and I'm and I'm actually probably uh, two and one ATS. So I, I like that. I'm two and one ATS, but I'm one and two straight up. I like that. I tried right. to tell people. Look, the original line was thirty five and a half. Uh, and they, they lost by thirty two. And then yeah, and it, but what's funny is is when the announcement came out, it jumped a whole like. Two touchdowns yeah, almost where it went up to as yeah. uh, the closing line was somewhere in the ballpark of 47 and a half or 40. Um, so, yeah, if you would have asked me before the game, I would have told you to take FAMU on the point, parlay it with the over, which I think was 50 something in that game. And you would have cashed out big time. I would have told you that. But OK, which brings me to this week, some interesting games now. I just saw TDOS ask me about the line of Bethune um, and um, Miami. I don't have a line. No line. That, that game is Saturday afternoon. That line probably won't come out until Thursday. About Thursday, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have a line on that. We we Sometimes we'll look at Massey ratings to kind of see what those lines might be because I'll tell you, a, a lot of times – those books they look at Massey ratings and see what they predict the game to be 
and then they will kind of set numbers on that and it will move for those of you who don't know the numbers move one way or the other based on money so that's the big difference between the computer ratings and the computer numbers versus vegas a lot of times numbers move based on money so if for example the number is 42 uh, in favor of one team, if a lot of money's coming in on the favorite, then the, the line will move from 42. It'll move up to 44. You know what I'm saying? So it, that, that's kind of how that's kind of how it moves. So just to kind of let you know. Um, Bass, all right, Bassie so, has it at Bassie has Miami minus uh, 38 right now. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, T. Dos. I mean, you tell you tell us. I'm staying away from that game. I'm not touching that game with a 10-foot pole. So I don't have no – I have no clue on whether Bethune can keep it close for a half or what. Uh, you, you might have a better feel for that. So go ahead and jump in in the chat there and tell us. Uh, I know that's a 2-9 and nine Bethune-Cookman from a year ago taking on the number 16-ranked Miami, Florida in the debut of a new coach. So, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any parts of that contest. All right. Here we got a couple games on. So Drew and I, we're going to pick five. We're going to go through the list of these FCS games and uh, try to pick five games that we like. Uh, not necessarily in saying that we're going to pick an F, uh, an HBCU, but we're just going to pick five games. And there's some interesting matchups. And, uh, and uh, you guys are going to get some info. If you follow us on Facebook, let me tell you, our picks contest will be made public. We're going to put it out there, give everybody a chance to be a part of it. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to ask for uh, look, it's a big, it's a big pool, but we're going to be looking for a little donation and be a part of it. So you make a donation talking about five bucks to be a part of our pool might be a little gift for you if you end up winning it. So it's a, a, a picks contest. Go, you'll see, make sure you're following us on Facebook, uh, uh, BCSN sports wrap, is where you can find on Facebook, and we'll be putting that out here in the day. Mary 305 is taking BCU over Miami. Woo! Okay. That's all right, Mary. That's all right. All right, let's start on Thursday, Drew. We got a couple of matchups. you got South Carolina State traveling to UCF. You've got Alabama A&M and UAB, Mississippi Valley State, and Tarleton State. Uh, any game there that you want to take in your five? <laughs> this <laughs> come on now, come on if now. We were, if, we were play, if we were playing, if we were playing with points, there there would be some games. We, we and this is straight up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Straight up, these are yeah, straight pick, up wins, losses, straight up, straight no up. points involved. Um, I am going to take. I, I, I'm going to play cap obvious. I'm taking uh, UCF over South Carolina State. That's what I did too. Captain obvious. Now, if I'll be interested to see what the points are in that game because South Carolina State is not scared of UCF. They have played UCF before. I think last time they played them was 2019. Uh, there might be some guys on the roster that were young freshmen, young pups that played in that ball game. So, uh, and I think at that time, that game ended, ended up being a 38-14 ball game. Different head coach at, uh, at UCF at the time, 
but the 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 play quick thing that UCF likes to do, South Carolina State had a good defense, still has a good defense. That's going to be an interesting game. So be watching out for the points. I don't know what if you if you're able to pull up Massey real quick while you're there and see which game is this. Central That's Florida the South Carolina State UCF. See what the what the line what South they think Carolina that one State. will be. Right now, South Carolina State. 35. UCF minus Ooh. 35. Man, I, I, I could be tempted, Drew, to to take South Carolina State to cover 35. I really could. Yeah. I really could be tempted. Um, I'll have to keep my eyes on that on uh, game day, especially if it gets higher. If it gets higher into the near close to 40, like 38, I definitely might be taking South Carolina State. Uh, in the points. Interesting that Doc and Charles didn't really like Alabama A&M or Mississippi Valley State's chances um, this upcoming weekend. If if there's an upset, which one of those two games, which one of those two teams do you think, Drew, could pull the upset? A&M, Alabama A&M, or Mississippi Valley State? Honestly, I think Valley has a better chance against Tarleton than Alabama A&M against UAB. And the reason I'm saying this, I know what I'm getting with Mississippi Valley State. I'm not sure what I am going to get with Alabama A&M. You've got potentially 11 new starters on defense, and you don't know who the quarterback is. Too many unknowns for me to go out on the limb and pick Alabama A&M. But at least I have a history with the core group of this Valley squad. So I'm going to go with that history. And we've seen Valley play teams close and Valley surprise. But Valley is a team, if you let them hang around, they will come out with it with the W. So yeah. that would be the team that I would say would be the upset on Thursday if one, if one of those three teams were to pull, pull off an upset. Valley, huh? Okay, um, that'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what Alabama A&M Nation does, whether they show up for this contest at UAB. Um, I, I think of the two, that is the group, because think about all the Division One FBS level transfers that are at A&M. Assuming that those guys don't run into any certification issues, hint, hint, uh, <laughs> I, I, it'll be a, that that A and M team might be interesting to watch um, against UAB. Okay, all hey, right, let's move. Hey into Brian, Saturday. Brian, before yes. before we go any further, uh, T Dot says y'all need to train us how to bet. I'm kind of lost. I'm gonna take that and put that along with uh, with our producer Roy Evans said uh, on on yesterday. Now, if we do this, y'all. I'm just going to put this out. A couple of rules. Hey, don't try to pay your rent with this money that you're you're out here doing. Make sure you got your rent, your car note, uh, groceries in the house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is fun. This is entertainment. This is hot. I, I, I don't go to the club anymore. So the type of money that I would spend on entertainment at by going to the club and going to the movies and stuff like that. It's kind of what I play around and, and do this stuff with. 
So just want to keep that in mind. And yes, Brian, we've been talking about doing it for two years. Let, yeah. Let's just put it together a time. basics of it. It's, I think it's that time. Hey, look, uh, and, and look, I there, we, we are no experts, by the way, but this is what I'll say. My number one rule, never bet more than what you can afford to lose. I.e. my, my used to be my party bunny. <laughs> right. Rule number one, never bet more than what you are willing to lose. It's almost like when I bought, when somebody asked to borrow money from me, I'm not saying yes unless that's, I know that money I'm okay being without. Because if I, start expecting, uh, if I expect it back, I'm going to get disappointed. I'm going to be upset and butthurt. And you know what? I've learned once you loan that money, just count that money as gone. So this is the I, same I know thing. Why people, I tell people don't even say the word loan to me. Why don't you just say, give me well, $20 or give me $100? Because you know, I know, you, cause I know your history is that you're sound. not going to pay it back. <laughs> That, I look, but it still doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good, you know. It's not, you know, but but you you ha- in your heart you really want to give it back, but Long, you just okay. I, I uh, uh, are you talking credit card rate or are you talking about personal friend rate? Because you know, I, I give it to you at twenty nine point nine. If you've got bad credit, you might get down to nineteen point nine. Oh, if wow. you've got a history, stop it, stop it, stop it. All right, so we both have picked. Uh, one game. All right, we got four more to go. Let's go through the Saturday slate of FCS contest. Now, there's some uh, HBCU versus FBS matchups. You got, of course, we mentioned Bethune traveling to Miami, Florida. You got Norfolk State traveling to Marshall University. Um, Grambling State traveling to Arkansas State. Yeah, Arkansas State is a division FBS. <coughs> I think that's Sunbelt, right? Um, that, that was so that's right. the yeah so that's the that's the three uh f uh morgan state georgia southern i think georgia southern is also one of those uh fbs fbs so that's those any one of those games that you're interested in taking drew i took the you said you said marshall actually i took marshall over norfolk state and Georgia Southern over Morgan State. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Miami over Bethune. Remember, these are straight up, so that's easy. Um, I'm, I'm going to. We got to. We got to make you pick. We're going these last two. Two of uh, two of these have to last be HBCU two. versus HBCU matchups. Wait, we got to make at least two of these be. You, well, we got to make. We got to make this at least two of them be. Be okay. those kind of matchups, all right? So that right, I'm, I'm calling so an audible take to one that. Of my games off. I pulled the. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because I, I want to set up for a second. Um, one of the F uh, HBCU versus FCS matchups that I think is kind of interesting is Tennessee State traveling all the way out to Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington is ranked top 10 in the FCS polls, number six I've seen in some places. Um, that division that they play in, I think the I, – I can't recall what it is exactly. But, um, but they put some teams in the playoffs, and Eastern Washington has been a Final Four team in the uh, FCS playoffs. So uh, Tennessee State is rated as one of the uh, top – 
top-tier HBCU football programs according to the metrics. And I this will be interesting to see, can they travel out to the far northwest and can they get uh, look, dare I say a win? How about how about be competitive? How about be in this ball game for four quarters? That's what we're going to be looking for for Tennessee State because um, this is one of those games where Tennessee State, you can either get off to a great start leading into your Jackson State contest or you can be looking at an 0-2 season uh, in the first two weeks. So I just wanted to mention that. So um, I'm let's see, I went with Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to go all HBCU matchups in my last 3. So you got your last 2. All right. So let's go. Let's go HBC. I want to pick Grambling State over Arkansas State, but Doc walked me off of that. I thought I thought I thought Charles and Doc might go for that and say Grambling State, but they made some good points. So I'm going to have to walk away from that Grambling State. You know, the and rule number 2. Rule number 2. Never bet money, uh never never chase a bet. Never be unsure, <laughs> never, you know, never be unsure about a bet. And if you're hemming and hawing about it, put it in your pocket, all right? Put it in your pocket. So I'm walking away from the window. All right, Drew, let's go. What's the next matchup? We've got Howard and Hampton. How about that? Is that is that appealing to you at all? No, stay away from that, the real HU matchup. That one. Hampton yeah. has won. That matchup, I believe, the last few years, it's a 6 p.m. Eastern on Flow Sports, wherever you can pick up Flow. I think that's a pay-per-view channel, and uh, that game is going to be somewhere in D.C., right? That's going to be in uh, Audi Stadium, I think is the name, where they play soccer in that state. I think Howard plays it there twice because I think they're playing the – whichever Ivy League school they're playing at home is uh, also in Audi Stadium. Harvard or Yale. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So you're staying away from that one. I am going to pick. I'm just going to hear. Here's my third one. I'm picking Alcorn State at home over Stephen F. Austin. I'm going with that. I'm going with Alcorn State over Stephen F. Austin. See, Brian, you're not making this fun. You're picking the same game and the same teams. How are we going to separate each other? Well, I. Well, look. Eventually, you look. The whole idea is to go five and zero, Drew. But we know. We look. Here's another <laughs> thing. Let me tell you. Let me tell you another thing. You never. You never go one hundred percent. You never do it. Trust me. So we're picking these games. When you do. When you do. You. You will. You will. You will know yeah. it. You will gloat. It happens yeah. every now. Yeah. That, yeah. Rule number three. It may look good on on uh, Tuesday when you're picking them. But by game time, you're you're fussing and cussing. Uh, by, by, oh man, I knew I should have picked that other game. All right, uh, so let's go to what are our HBC, another HBCU matchup? You didn't want Howard Hampton. There's only three left on the board. So who are the two? I've got uh, I've got Texas Southern over Prairie View, Ooh. and I've got and I've got Central over A and T. Ooh, for my wow. other okay. Texas Southern over Prairie View. That game is a home game for Prairie View. Man, I tell you what. See, here, here okay, here's another thought process, right? I'm going to fade, fade terminology here, fading the public. Meaning, everybody's all on the Andrew Body 
uh, bandwagon on the Texas Southern. Ooh, Andrew Body and all this other stuff that he that that, that Scotty got all y'all excited and you all excited about Texas Southern. Hey, y'all, no one's talking about Prairie View. Doc just told you what Prairie View has, right? I think I'm gonna pick Prairie View at home while everybody is discounting them. They're the home team. They got a lot of returners. Yeah, they lost Dumas up front, but you got a lot of other guys returning. A new quarterback, one of these Texas quarterbacks that everybody's in love with. I mean, I mean, credit, credit to more, more props to these guys. Uh, they're showing up. I'm going to go preview, Drew. So there's one game that we will be different on right there. There's one. Uh, this, ooh, I don't know. This Central A&T, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to stay away from that one. I'm going to fade okay. that one. I'm going to fade that one. I got to make my last one. You know what I got to make my last one. It, it's, well, I, mean, I have no State. choice. And, and that's no the choice. one I faded. That's the one I faded Look, until I know, until I get, until I get more clarification. I don't care. On the I, don't, I don't need more clarification. I, 364 days of this, this dealing with this loss and what it has meant to FAMU. I can't go I can't go into that day knowing that somewhere I picked Jackson State to that, or even just That's why I'm not even FAMU. picking that game. Right. Yeah, well, so what, I am, what rule, I'm putting it on wax. What rule we up on number 4, number 5? Bet with your head and not your heart even when it comes to your that's alma mater. So yes, yes, I'm go- and that's true. I, I am staying I'm staying away from that game. Yes, that that's another look. That is a common theme for a lot of people. You stay away from your alma mater because you too think you love that team. You you're too much emotion. So if this were involving some, if this were involving some peanuts or some credits, I would stay away from this game. As confident as I was against us against UNC, I am just too emotional to really think about this game clearly. And I'm sacrificing potentially a dub here in this game, Drew, off clear emotion. I'm telling y'all now, I am look, just take the money out. Look, here's my wallet. Just take the 20 and just throw it. I'm just throwing it away. Burn it because it is what it is. I'm burning the money on this game, Drew. There's no getting around it. I'm just burning it. It just is what it is. All right. So there it is. Just to recap. Uh, I've got UCF over South Carolina State, Miami, Florida over Bethune. I'm taking Alcorn State at home over Stephen F. Austin, Prairie View over Texas Southern, and FAMU over Jackson State in the OBC. Uh, recap your five again, Drew. I've got UCF over South Carolina State. I've got Marshall over Norfolk. I've got Alcorn over Stephen F. Austin, Texas Southern over Prairie View, and Central over A&T. Sorry, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, okay. Uh, in terms of the D2 level, uh, what is what is a game or two that we're interested in that we're paying attention to on the, the D2 matchups? Uh, first game you got to pay attention to is going to be the uh, – it's going to be Albany State and Mississippi College. Yeah, Albany State beat Mississippi College by a score of twenty-four nothing last year in Mississippi. 
So now the fact that they get to come back, it's the return game at home in Albany State, trying to play for a higher seed. If they uh, assuming that they make it back to the playoffs, they need to get this W not only this week but next week against Shorter College, also. Uh, also, look, looking at this week, and, I, and I'm trying to bounce around the the conferences. Well, let me let me go one. We'll alternate oh. here. We'll alternate. Well, okay. you get one, and I'll go give ahead. you time. So I told you my first game. I've said this last week. I'll say. I think I said it on another show as well. Fayetteville State hosting UNC Pembroke. They have not beaten a uh, an HWCU. Sit non-conference since 1993, and you got two games back to back at home. Fayetteville State, UNC Pembroke this week, Wingate next week. Win these two games, and we're talking about Fayetteville State for the rest of the season as the premier team in the CIAA. Lose these two games, and we're quite possibly talking about Fayetteville State being the bridesmaid to somebody. Again, in the CIAA. First game, win UN, beat UNC Pembroke. Break this horrible streak. 30 years. 30 years. Break the streak, Fayetteville State. Get it done, baby. Who you got? Yeah. All right. The CIAA, they have got one, two, three, four, five games where they're crossing over in region playing. Uh, Virginia State, Lenore Ryan, Fayetteville State, UNC Pembroke, Livingstone, Catawba, Shaw, Wingate, and uh, St. Aug, and Tusculum. Oh, six games. Uh, well, at Bluefield, excuse me, Bowie State travels out to to New Haven, but they host, I'm, I'm looking, we host that game, excuse me, you're right, correct, game. they host, but I'm, I'm looking at the two. Crossover matchups between the two HBCU conferences: Elizabeth City State, okay. Benedict College, and Winston Salem okay. State, and uh, Central, Central State. Central State, yeah. And I am of those two games. I got to go with the Winston Salem Central State game. Kevin Porter okay. uh, goes to uh, goes to Winston goes to Central State. First game, we know what he did previously when he was at Fort Valley State as, as head coach. Winston-Salem State, you know, they were the most winning this Division II HBCU in the 20 teams, but they've been off for the last couple of years. Can Winston-Salem get back to its winning ways, and can Central State just win? And, oh, by the way, speaking of Central State, congratulations to former Central State coach Bobby Rohn II, who on Saturday – how equal his his career win total at Central State by defeating Edward Waters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good good win for Florida Memorial there in the Big Cat Classic. Lots of offense, and uh, now they get to travel to Southern University to take on the Jaguars uh, and get a check. And uh, yeah, and get a check. So good game, uh, Edward Waters. While you mentioned him, Edward Waters is. Um, hosting Clark it looks like they are hosting Clark so that'll be uh coach Slater's debut going up against um Edward Waters we'll see how they bounce back um I will mention this uh Morehouse uh, excuse me Miles College Alabama State game Alabama State got the big win 
Miak Swag Challenge. Now they got to turn around and play an in-state opponent who is not scared of them. Miles, maybe it was a di- it was a different coach last year, but a lot of those players are still there. The program is still there. Uh, they they took Alabama State, you know, to the wire last year. Um, can Alabama State avoid the big letdown? I mean, this is a game you're supposed to win, and even though they won last year by what was it a point or a field goal last year, Drew? What was the final score? Uh, 14, 12, something like that. Yeah, it was close. It was, it was about a field goal. Alabama right? State did like not. That. Alabama State did not score over more than fourteen, but it came down to a conversion. That's all I remember. It was a two point fourteen thirteen. It was fourteen twelve. Oh, it was fourteen thirteen or fourteen twelve. Okay. Uh, because I think Miles needed a two point conversion and they didn't get it. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that that was a game that Alabama State won, but it felt like a loss. They lost. Uh, in my – yes, and, yes. In some places, they lost, uh, definitely. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's one of those uh, games that we'll see how Alabama State rewinds. What's another one that you're looking at? Uh, well, I'm, time for me to play Captain Obvious. Sunday, Fort Valley and Tuskegee in the Red Tails Classic. Uh, yes. Both teams coming in with new head coaches this year. Kind of an oddity uh, in the Classic to open up the season. So uh, let's let's see how that play out. Obviously, uh, we know where my heart is with that particular game. And the uh, last game for me that I think I'll spotlight, um, nobody is starting the season with a tougher schedule I believe than possibly Morehouse, uh, and Morehouse, <laughs> but 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 the advantage to the tough schedule is three home games, one neutral site. They start against the 19th ranked West Alabama team this week. That is at Morehouse. Next week they host West Georgia, fifth ranked. Um, uh, if if. I mean, obviously, veteran coach Rich Freeman. Um, what does Morehouse have on the roster? Uh, they weren't predicted to finish, I think, higher than fourth or fifth, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in the middle of the pack of the SIAC. Yeah. But but uh, these are some tough games to begin the season. And I also mentioned they after those two uh, region Division two region contest. They have a neutral site game against Howard and then they host Savannah state. So, I mean, look, those first, those first four games are tough games, but three of them are at home. So, you know, you folks in the AU, the, the Morehouse alums jump in there and get to Morehouse uh, and, and support them. What you got? Uh, did you look at Miles' schedule to open up the season? Open it up on the road at Alabama State against the double, week two against that same number 19, West Alabama. Yeah. But yeah. week three at home against number three, Valdosta State. Yeah. I Look, so, I, I see a, what you're saying. Tough, I mean, that's a tough three. It, it is tough. I, I think what I did is probably because of the fact that Savannah State is predicted, well, look, in our, our own our very own metrics, what we have Savannah State rated as one of the top teams in the SIAC uh, next to Albany State. 
a lot of people don't don't perceive Savannah State that way, but uh, the the numbers speak otherwise. So uh, that's kind of why why I said that and thought that. So yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, uh, any any final any final? I, I think we kind of covered the key games uh, there. Any anything else you want to add before we uh, break uh, break out? No, uh, holiday weekend coming up. Lot, lot of food, yeah. lot of family, lot of football going on. Uh, just make sure that everyone is is safe. We've seen how crazy people have been, so we want to make sure that everybody gets back to work next Tuesday or Wednesday. And we'll go ahead and let you know. Uh, next week's show, Brian. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I don't come, know how we're come when on, are we on Monday. Do this show? I was okay. gonna say it, it may actually be a Labor Day show because I know I will actually be at the Tuskegee Fort Valley game during our normal show time. Yeah. That I will be at that game. And then you're gonna be in uh Miami at the you should be about I, I wrapping be. up the Jackson State uh Florida AM game in the OBC. So I think I'll I be think drowning myself in that. either sorrows or champagne. One of the two. Sorrows or champagne, <laughs> one of the two. One yeah, of the so two. We, I don't know which one. I'm hoping it's champagne. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll move this show to Monday night for for those who are our normal listeners. And thank y'all for normally joining us. But we'll be we'll still be on the BCSN on other shows throughout the weekend and the week. It just won't be our normal time slot on Sunday night. Right, right. I want to encourage everybody to make sure you uh, go check out the BCSN Pod Zone podcast of all of our shows. You can listen to them. Uh, You can find the BCSN Pod Zone, P-O-D-Z-O-N-E. Find it everywhere you listen and download the podcast. That's Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker. Uh, Well, I don't think we're on Spreaker, but... um, uh, where a lot of other places that you can find our show, just do a search for BCSN Pod Zone. And when you get there to that place that you listen and download, make sure to rate, give a thumbs up if you can, or rate it, uh, give a review, whatever. Let it, let let uh, the algorithms know that you enjoyed the show, and uh, make sure to hit subscribe and uh, subscribe to the YouTube page if you guys are on YouTube. My JBN One, subscribe to us on Facebook. BCSN or the BCSN Sports Wrap, and then uh, you know uh, follow us everywhere uh, on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at my BCSN one, the number one. Download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app, Google and Apple Play Store. My JBN, my BCSN. Uh, again, announcement coming out probably tomorrow with information on joining our picks contest. So. You'll, you'll get a chance to uh, compete against me, Drew, and some of the other uh, folks. And remember, the objective is to win. Sometimes you might have to pick against an HBCU. That just happens, you know, but you're trying to win games. But uh, we encourage you to kind of find those games that you feel confident in and then do like what me and Drew did. Make the commitment to finding at least two HBCU games to pick in your five. So all that information 
will be coming out and uh, we'll start working on that other show that we were talking about. We'll, we'll kind of figure a way how and when to do that. All right, Drew, let's pack up and get out of here. Thanks to Charles Edmond. Thanks to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Uh, long show, but a good show. Great content. Excited that football is back. We get to talk all week and get ready for week one. So uh, make sure to stay tuned to the Black College Sports Network. We're giving you content as only we can, trying to uh, extend the conversations uh, to give you uh, more and more information about your favorite HBCUs. For AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Thanks for watching. Peace out. We're holla. But you're my beast, they are hard.